You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 639, Legionnaires number one, Baptism by Fire. Welcome to episode 639 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. I am Paul French, and today I am Piano Lad. It, it's uh, been all about uh, the uh, girls had stuff to practice for their piano lessons, and uh, they're just getting to a stage where things are advancing a bit, so they needed me to show them a lot more of it. And oh. um, so, uh, so yeah, that was uh, that was basically what my evening up until about 15 minutes ago was all about <laughs> chopsticks for how many hours <laughs> right exactly oh, i wish i wish uh yeah yeah and and you know showing no no this hand goes here and and this is your left hand this is your right hand um not not so much the which hand it is but rather the uh the the stuff written here that's what you play with your left hand this is what you play with your right hand ah so yeah, music can be confusing. I it mean, can. you've got the white keys, you got the black keys. Exactly. You know, there's no there's no real designation there to know where you start and where you stop. I, well, this I is this kids. is it. We, you know, we were doing kids. we were doing. Um, <laughs> Ella was doing scales, and uh, and she's like, "Well, I don't know which notes are sharp." And I said, "They're the ones with the sharp written next to them." And she's like, <laughs> "Oh, oh, okay." <laughs> Do the thing that buys my beer. <laughs> so it's like basically. Ray, pass me my beer. Well, see, the, this is the age, right? You know, she's 11. Yeah. It's like, oh, it, it's a hashtag. Totally. <laughs> okay, you're going to laugh, but I actually made that mistake once. There's a programming language called C Sharp. Yes. And I could oh. not figure out if it was called C pound sign or C uh, uh, hashtag. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> what was that episode where Kramer said uh, Kesha was K E hashtag H A? No, it was the K, uh, K dollar sign ha. K K E dollar sign ha. Yeah, yeah. It was it was, it was, it was from uh, it was from Glee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just showing his age, showing his age. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> anyway, over to you, sir. Hi, everybody. I'm Darren Well, and this week I am self care kid. I would like to encourage everyone to indulge in a lot of self-care. Take care of yourself. Take care of others. Yeah. It's been a hell of a week. It feels like it's been a year since we recorded. Emotionally. <laughs> little bit. Little bit. Little bit. Little bit. It's like, hey, you know that movie Civil War? You know that comic book Civil War? Yeah, well, it's, it's acting out live on TV right now. So... Um, everybody, just take care of yourselves. Be good to yourselves. Um, all that jazz. Keep wearing your masks. Keep washing your hands. Keep sanitizing everything in sight. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's that's all I can say at this point because I'm verklempt. So over to you, Mr. Travis. Hey, everybody. This is Travis Ellisor. I'm back this week, and I am thinking 80s, lad. Oh. Uh, so lately, I've been watching... A lot of 80s movies for some reason. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, everything from classic stuff like some of the Rockies you would think of to things that maybe are not as classic like Romancing the Stone. All these things I'm just watching over and over. And I got caught up on season three of Cobra Kai this weekend. Yeah. So it got me thinking, what other 80s movies should come back as a TV show instead of trying to reboot them or make new movies or anything like that? I have one. I have one immediately in my head. Go ahead. my number one, Gremlins. Ooh, of oh my gosh. <laughs> That's a good one. Bring yeah. back Billy and Kate, have their kids, have Gizmo. Gremlins come back. You can make it a, you know, 12 episodes in a season, something like that, a long, good Gremlins story. Yeah. Well, only I, if at the end an old Asian guy shows up to tell the white people how stupid they are. <laughs> I need that in my life. I really do. I figure he's got to be dead by now. Maybe his grandson tells him that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone. <laughs> it's got to be a nod to that, where it's the guy, the, the kid's the inventor now, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, so I, that that was just me thinking. What did you think of, Darren? Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off with mm-hmm. Ferris as the principal. Oh. Huh. I, think, I think that would be interesting. Just, Do you just remember? You know, Ferris has to catch all the kids who are ducking school <laughs> so he has become that which he hates yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> because let's face it I, and my nickname in high school was ferris mm. because i i managed to miss algebra 2 most of the time <laughs> um but uh ferris bueller is a sociopath so and, and they're, they're trying and they're trying to put one about that and they're trying to put one over on on him but of course he's on to all their tricks yeah totally He's he's done all these things exactly, so it's, which makes it of course more of a challenge to see who's going to win. It's like translating "Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego and Where's Waldo?" to a new generation <laughs> with all the t- and of course the kids are going to outwit him with technology, right? Because right. he's old and he hasn't yeah. kept up, you know. Right, so. Darren. Do you remember the Ferris Bueller TV series? No, I do not. It was only one. There was one season. Oh yeah. my god, I'll have to try it. Just, it didn't even last one season, did it? It, it probably was like six episodes. I mean, I don't know how many episodes Something it was, like that, but it was yeah. one season. Yeah, it was Charlie Sch- Charlie Schlatter played uh, Ferris, and his sister was played by a pre-friends Jennifer Aniston. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah. It came out at the same time as Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Oh, uh, see, I was a Parker yeah. Lewis fan. Yeah. So was I. Yeah. So yeah. was I. <laughs> Parker Lewis, that was the, that was the shiz back I then. I love that show. Mm-hmm. Well, they could always remake um, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, where, <laughs> where now Macaulay Culkin is uh, wandering the streets of New York City, and he meets a post-election Donald Trump this time. <laughs> you, you laugh, but a, a friend of mine posted something to Twitter where someone has taken the, the Macaulay Culkin Trump scene and basically whited Trump out. Oh. Oh and my. just said hashtag fixed it. <laughs> wow! It's like he's invisible. It's like you can see through him. It's like it's that weird camouflage thing. I don't know what they did yeah. again. The, 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 predator, the, the predator. Yeah, kind of the predator. Like the predator. Thing. Yeah. How appropriate. Not yeah. completely invisible. There's a shimmer there, but yeah, yeah. Nice. Anyway, well, I did. Well, I did not want my to lead into talking about the he who shall not be named. I'm but, not uh, talking about him. No. But anyway, let's move on. Michael, self-care. self-care. Hi there. I am Michael Grabois, and this week I am Four Eyes Lad. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I used my 
end of the year um, uh, eyewear benefits and got myself a new pair of glasses. Huzzah. Uh, it's been four or five years since I had a new pair. My um, prescription hasn't changed, surprisingly, mm. uh, even though I am getting older. <laughs> and there's a, there is a difference between getting old and getting older. Yes. And I am, I am getting older. I'm not getting old. But uh, um, I still had to spend extra for progressive lenses because I'm getting older, not old. Yeah. But uh, it's a, a new new. Is this your first time with the progressives? Uh, no, this is my, okay. my second pair. Oh, okay. But the, uh, the lenses are a different shape, and so it took a little getting used to, you know, what I can see through my peripheral vision versus not and um uh so it's a uh, new eyewear to go with my or my my new quarantine glasses to go with my quarantine beard oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and and if i'm wearing a mask you can't tell it's me anymore yeah that's Different true glasses yeah exactly so uh uh that is the highlight of my week over to you jim Hey everyone, I'm Jim Purcell, and suddenly I am trending, kid. Uh oh. So <laughs> I posted a nuclear hot take on Twitter, and unexpectedly I have blown up 60,000 impressions. Whoa. Just, just, just because I dared say that Age of Ultron is a top three MCU film. Oh. Oh. oh is, that, is, that oh. Why, is that why Ultron is trending? Yeah, actually, I got, I actually, uh, latched myself onto that vehicle and I got cribbed all the views. <laughs> I think I'm a top comment so everyone sees it second. And so that's why I'm getting all these views. <laughs> Jim, you, you can't be first Bueller in the new series. You know, you know all this lingo. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I, it's, it's always weird what gets popular mm -hmm. on Twitter the comment you make that suddenly catches everyone's attention. And then suddenly you've got 10,000 views and nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. It's just funny to watch. I just like every 10 seconds I get, uh, <laughs> I get likes uh, messages. I'm, I'm, th I'm just about at the point where I want to, uh, mute the conversation. So I stop getting the, uh, the notifications, the notifications. but it's so <laughs> fascinating just to watch it. Keep going. Turn your, uh, your phone ringer off at least. Yeah. See, I can't do that because I use my phone as my alarm clock now. So. No, I mean, at, I, at least until this uh, this stuff dies down. Yeah. Yeah. It'll it'll die off overnight probably. After yeah. it hits Australia. I dared say that big. <laughs> I dared say that big swing around shot where you see all the characters flying around in that church in the at the big climax mm -hmm. was like the best like shot scene in all the MCU. And I think that's why it's going so hot because oh, a, that is a nice shot. I will give you that. That that's it's that's something you could see lifted out of a comic book page. Well, that's what I said was basically it was a double page spread brought to life. And mm -hmm. I keep getting comments about how it's not very good and it's all brown and you can't see anything. It's and I wonder brown. how do people how do people not have eyes? It's, it's weird to me. Maybe it's the color. Blind how can they not see two things? They can't see two things at once, apparently. Yeah, Jim, the worst thing about going viral is all the mentions and notifications drown out any real mentions yeah. or notifications you need from someone you actually want to hear from. I, I just I've just found it funny because it is probably the biggest like uh, uh, trend I have gotten going uh, just in terms of impressions. 
Mm. You're trendy. Ooh. <laughs> so congratulations, Jim. <laughs> yeah, I'm the internet famous now. There you go. <clears throat> Better than being this. internet infamous this week, I think. Maybe I yes. should link the podcast. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Renegotiate your contract while you're at the top of your game. <laughs> We'll triple so what we're paying you. We'll yeah, triple what yeah, you're exactly. Paying. Triple nothing is. <laughs> is uh... oh, yeah. That was a whole Muppet show. Yeah, where exactly. Ozzy wanted Kermit to talk to his agent and said, yeah, I'll triple his pay. What's your, what's your pay now? Well, you're getting nothing. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Well, that's it for me. Well, that's awesome. That's tough to follow. Yes, but we go to the future to follow that. Ooh. Hi everyone, it's um, Brent here from Australia again, and today I am outdoors kid. Um, I've been enjoying some time away from Melbourne this week and got down to a beautiful beach called Waratah Bay and had some time on the, on the sand and in the surf swimming, and it's a beautiful 34 degrees Celsius here, which is about 95 Fahrenheit, I think. And um, also managed to get some bushwalks in the forest and uh, see some waterfalls. So really nice. enjoying being able to get out around. Very nice. Very cool. All right. All right. Now we are, we have a, a new guest with us today, um, and it is uh, his first time on the show. Please, mystery guest, introduce yourself. Hi, my name's Justin Bridge. I'm uh, from New Jersey in the United States, uh, since we are an international podcast. You are yes. an international podcast. <laughs> and um, I think this week I'm a 8-bit kid. Um, we got my son for Christmas a Nintendo Switch, and I just keep gravitating to the old-school, original, you know, 8-bit games yeah. like Dr. Mario and stuff. And it's do, just... Do, 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 yeah, I, I, I'm like, look how great this game is. <laughs> it looks old. My phone does better. I'm like, I know. I know. It doesn't, doesn't matter. It's, doesn't it's matter. that nostalgia stuff. Yeah. So yeah. you're getting some use out of those apps with all the uh, the uh, the games that come with the online service? Yeah, yeah, the old games. Like, the, I wish they had more. I was like, where's Kung Fu? Like, I love that game. <laughs> Like, Actually, Kung Fu's absence is weird because it is. I think that's first party Nintendo. It, it should was have been. first party Nintendo, yeah, which is odd that some they're missing some of those. But uh, but you know that said, I like like I said, Doctor Mario, the original Legend of Zelda. Uh, you know some of those were uh, you know the uh, Mario Brothers, the not the Super one, the the one where they were in the sewer knocking over turtles. Oh, the arcade one, yeah, yeah. the arcade, one, yeah, Donkey Kong. I mean, uh, I was trying to explain to my, to my son like after Pac Man, Donkey Kong was like a big deal yeah That's exactly yeah. <laughs> like when i was your age this was a huge game <laughs> mm-hmm. how, how old your kid if you don't mind me asking oh i don't mind he's uh six years old oh and he's yeah. already snobby okay about about the games <laughs> yeah oh, uh, yeah i mean we we have one kid so he he he's you know now with the quarantine and everything uh you know we're not even going to school so he has a friend yeah. in the same position yeah. uh so they play a lot of stuff online you know yeah. minecraft you oh, know sure. they're much more savvy gotcha uh, even know, at six have... yeah, yeah my, my two-year-old nephew was working an ipad better than i ever could yeah. Yeah, my my, so. my my seven year old. Now for her, it's influenced by the eleven year old. But yeah, she's 
You know, she's all with the Roblox and the Minecraft and the, oh, Roblox. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, Roblox. He's he's amazing with this stuff. It's a, in fact, I I am a little worried. Like he's right into my, uh, Minecraft and Roblox and like kind of skipping Legos. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. That. Ooh, like, yeah. But you're saving your feet. Yes. True. Oh yeah. I no. mean, so it it is a you know give and take there. It is a give and take. No, you know, right? I, I hear. I've heard the stories. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Not stepping a Lego yet. You uh, only go get a glass of milk in the dark in the middle of the night once without yeah. slippers on your well, feet. Let, let me tell you, I have had <laughs> I, because my kids play with a lot of Lego. Um, I have had times where you know, late at night, walking through that room, and uh, and it's like you, you know that site that scene of Sideshow Bob with all of the rakes. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it is akin to that. So yeah, it is. Uh, well, that that is awesome, and uh, and and welcome. Uh, we'll be uh, we'll be talking about um, Legionnaires number one tonight, and you had reached out a while back to uh, to ask about being on this one. So we're really really glad to have you here. Oh, thanks. And um, all right, so we're going to move to Legion news, and um, and unfortunately, we're starting with uh, with with sad news. And, mm. um, you know, and that is that, uh, that sadly, um, the other day we lost, uh, Steve Lytle and, um, he passed away of, uh, of heart failure. Um, uh, they say related to, uh, to COVID and, um, uh, certainly caught by, everyone was really caught by surprise on this, um, you know, I think they actually said the COVID was undiagnosed at the time too. It was, so. yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. That's his wife said. Yeah, they yeah. found it post uh, post mortem, I guess. When and then, so his whole family's quarantining right now. And yeah. So it's real, real rough. So um, there, there is a a GoFundMe, and before we finish recording, I will have that uh, a link to that posted on the site. Um, if if well, well, I think they've closed it already. Oh, actually. have they? The oh, okay. Closed well, it. Had a. Had a fantastic response. I think Great. they raised about twice as much as they'd intended. Oh so, wow! Well, good. Thanks for everyone Wonderful. contributing to that. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah they. Um, uh, yeah. So so uh, you know we uh, of course we're 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 big fans of uh, of Steve Lytle around here. For a lot of us, mm. uh, you know, he was. Um, you know, I mean, he's the guy who started with the Baxter book, right? We, uh, yeah. we, we, we all uh, really enjoyed uh, his work there, and uh, we spoke to him uh, nearly ten years ago, as it turns out. And um, I had uh, posted that one to the Facebook page. And what we'll do is we will actually um, have a sort of a proper tribute with that interview replayed. What I'd really love is um, is to hear from from people out there. Um, you know, if you've got something uh, you'd like to say about Steve Lytle and what his work meant to you, record a voice memo and send it to us at Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com and I'll add it to the episode, um, which will probably, we'll give it a few weeks, a couple of weeks. And, uh, and so that'll come out that's for the first one in February. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely sad news. I mean, uh, you know, for those who didn't read his Legion run, uh, you saw him do so many covers. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, he was so prolific uh, 
um, you know, with, with with covers over the over over the last twenty years or so. You know, there there was. You, it was rare to uh, rare to get a, a pile of comics without seeing a Lytle cover in there somewhere, and um, and and you know more than just someone who worked in it. He was a huge comics fan as well, and uh, and always in uh, you know he, he always enjoyed um, and was was uh, a big fan of the continuity and didn't like when stuff messed around with it. And um, <laughs> well, I, let's I, remember his first Legion job was killing off Karate Kid. True, true. I mean, he came in like Grell did because Grell's first issue was going off Invisible Kid. That's right, yeah. You know, so both of those artists had a hard time, you know, winning over readership. It's like, yeah, we're killing off of a fan favorite in your first issue. <laughs> have, have fun with that, you know. And Legion fans are known to be protective. Of and, and, you know, I hadn't, <laughs> I hadn't thought of that parallel, but uh, Jeff Messer yeah. had posted uh, in the uh, Mike Grell group um, he had posted a picture of, of Steve and, and Mike, oh. and um, and there you go. There is a uh, there is a parallel right there that they yep. uh, um, both killed and, off and, uh, favorite characters in the uh, in their first uh, yeah. issue. And Steve Steve worked on Legion for a while, and then uh, went over to Doom Patrol. That's right. At that did he do Doom Patrol before Legion or after? After after, after. yeah, it was I yeah, think it, like eighty six eighty seven. Yeah. Yeah, I was but, gonna. I was going to go through his... Yeah, please uh, do. Okay. Please do. Yeah. So, um, uh, let's see. His first credit was a house ad for AC Comics uh, in February 84. Uh, his first cover was AmeriComics number 6 in March of 84. He did a, a handful of things for AC Comics. Um, and then he was recruited by DC to work in a book they had in the mid in 84, 85 or so called new talent showcase. That's right. Yes. And it was, it was a book that was basically designed to get new writers, new pencilers, new inkers, new colorists with an established editor. And, you know, let's see who we can, uh, you know, build up some homegrown talent. And Steve was one of the guys that they recruited, had a, uh, a few issue storyline from there did an issue of Batman and the Outsiders, a couple issues of world's finest. And then they threw him into the fire with, um, uh, Legion volume three, number three. Uh, he did, uh, so that was uh, October 84 cover day. Yeah. Um, he did the cover and or interior art for the next year from issue three to 16. Um, and he did, uh, about a year's worth of covers on, the reprint version of Tales of the Legion, mm -hmm. uh, 329 to 342. He came back to do basically um, almost all of the covers for the rest of the Volume 3 series, even the um, uh, the ones that he didn't do interiors for, yeah. like all the, the Greg LaRoque run. He, he, he did almost the entire rest of the series, mm -hmm. uh, plus the covers to Cosmic Boy. That's um, right, yeah. Yeah, in, um, in 1987, he teamed up with Paul Kupperberg to revive Doom Patrol, uh, did issues one to five of that one. And if I remember correctly, it was Eric Larson That's who took over after that, or was there another yeah, one? Yeah, it was Larson. There might have been a, okay. a fill-in issue or two, I can't remember, but Larson was the next regular artist on that book. Yeah. Up until and he he did that up until the uh, until Morrison. Morrison exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
And um, I read something not too re or not too long ago. I think basically, um, Lytle was struggling to do a complete issue on a regular schedule, which is which is why he only lasted about a year on the Legion, and then most of the rest of his stuff of his career was covers. Well, he I was, mean, uh, and, and he was you know it was de very detailed work, and so I I, right. I, I get that, yeah. So um, uh, let's see. He did um, a few covers at DC um, for the Wanderers, and then when Volume Three ended, he moved over to Marvel uh, for about a year and a half. He was the regular cover artist on Classic X Men, X Men Classic. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, did a whole bunch of covers for Power Pack and Avenger Spotlight. Um, did a couple issues of Quasar. Excalibur, and he was um, basically the regular cover artist for Marvel Comics Presents for about four years, mm -hmm. um, with the occasional interior art story. Um, did occasional things for DC in the mid-90s, like Who's Who stuff. Uh, came back to DC in 97, where he did um, about three years as the regular Flash cover artist. Mm -hmm. uh, Legends of the Legion covers in 98. Um, and then after 2000, his output kind of tapered off. Uh, I'm not sure what he was doing. Um, he did a couple issues of the Legion in, in 03 and 04. And he did the, um, the last nine covers on the uh, retro boot in 2011 to 13, uh, which was uh, volume six. Right. And as best as I can tell, unless somebody else knows differently. His last published work was Booster Gold Futures End, number one in 2014. Yeah, he had been, I know he had been doing some uh, some creator-owned stuff, but I, I'm not sure. Um, right, I, I don't know. It was called yeah. Justin Zane. That's right. But I don't yes. know anything about that. Yeah, I, I, I remember reading some of it, but uh, but that was stuff that, that he had sent. So I don't he did it through his Patreon. Okay, there you go. Which I'm pretty sure that's been shut down now, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. His yeah his his son his son came on Saturday morning and basically said, um, you know, thanks for being patrons, but you should go in and turn off your recurring payment yeah. because he's not providing anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't he do some alternate covers for Star Trek and the Legion as well? And yes, uh, yes he did. Yeah. Issue, issue number two. Yeah. Yeah, no, he was, uh, a, 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 yeah, just a, 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 an awesome artist. Now, you had, uh, you had mentioned, uh, Brent, there was a, um, yeah. an interview that you had, uh, that you were talking about. Come across. Yeah, look, um, and I actually raised this with you, Paul, last yeah. week offline, but, um, it was really interesting around the whole Legionnaires discussion that um, Michael Urie had just come on as editor um, with the Legion and he was sort of in discussions as as the Legionnaires concept was developing and what are we going to do with SW6? And he pitched an idea um, of um, Lytle working with Dan Jurgens on a, a second book, um, which was originally going to be called Legion Outpost. And... Um, it sort of then transitioned into being called Legionnaires. And the original idea was to separate 
the the legion this is before the whole sort of legionnaires that we're going to talk about today came about and split the team and send some of the team off to a legion outpost in the far reaches of the united planets um galaxy and um i think on ventura they they were looking at and he'd sort of got hold of several characters, not all the ones he wanted, but um, he got hold of Sunboy, Karate Kid, um, and I think this was Karate Kid 2, which he redesigned for the series. Uh, Pharaoh Lad, Dream Girl, um, Marla Latham was going to be on the team. Um, he got knocked back for Chameleon Boy, Brainiac 5, and Shadow Lass, which Steve was really disappointed about because um, they were going to be on the Beerbounds team. Um, and he had Quizlet join the team, and I think you guys talk about this in your interview with him, but yes. he was really keen yes. on diversity within the Legion, and uh, he, he ideally would have liked to have had Telus and Quizlet join the team, but he really wanted to expand on Quizlet's character um, after he'd been shown as a sort of energy creature leaving the ship, and he wanted to actually go back to his original idea, which was that Quizlet was an alien living inside the ship and projected himself out to animate objects, leaving his inert body protected by the ship. I think, you know, would have been great to have seen that. And he created a couple of new characters for the series as well, uh, one called Allegra, which was a Hispanic super speed star um, called Rita Morales, and um, another one called Neutron, um, which was going to be a bit of a Superboy allegory um, with nuclear powers mm -hmm. who would have replaced Superboy in the Legion. And, of course... Uh, this did get nixed by the Superman office at the time. Um, the character was going to call himself Superboy just because he wanted to. Um, I really liked that concept. <laughs> um, because I can. That's <laughs> like Stanley's X-Men you know, thing. He's got powers because they have powers. <laughs> and um, I think it's really interesting. I've sort of been reading over the last couple of days that um, this, this obviously didn't um, – sort of come to pass um, this this series. Um, the artwork got approval to be um, started, um, but uh, Michael Urie had to share with Steve that the um, series direction was changed um, to looking at young clones in a dystopian future, which is what we're going to read about today. Um, and Lightfoot just couldn't see it working. Um, and it's interesting that you just mentioned the Wanderers series um, there, Michael, because he talked about the Wanderers having failed as a series yeah. and couldn't see how clones were going to work, particularly with the poor reception that clone Spider-Man was receiving over at Marvel at the time. So he well, declined and turned it down. all over the place at that point. Yeah. It was just like you couldn't buy a comic without, oh, is that a clone? But, but it's a really good it's point because like I, I hadn't thought of the parallel with the Wanderers series, but it's a, it's a good point, you know? Um, that that had just happened, and like you say, we were in the uh, in the um, the depths of the uh, of the clone saga over over the uh, over the street. So, but it's not that it's not that clones don't work. It's that the people who wrote the stories didn't create a compelling enough narrative for them to work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's that. Yeah, totally. It, it, it is. But the th you know it's it's the same as um, you know I always think of the of uh, of you know uh, Disney moving away from um, uh, you know calling John Carter John Carter Warlord of Mars because um, another movie that had the name Mars in the title had failed 
and Ma, uh, Ma, or Mars needs Mars moms. needs moms exactly. <laughs> oh, that's a Disney classic. And it and it has uh, it, you know that had failed. So instead, instead we're going to make it sound like it's a movie about an insurance salesman. Um, Wait a minute, yeah. that was the reason they didn't call it Princess of Mars. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I could I could write a thesis yeah. about Disney's so, marketing so, decisions. But, but but anyway, so but these so these things happen a lot and 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 remember that it's people would never they would never admit on either co- in either company that the reason it failed was because the uh, because they didn't make a good enough book. It would be like, well, people obviously hate clones. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Remember there was a yeah, period of time really? in like the late eighties and nineties when we had all those um, getting younger movies, yes. yeah, and it was like I mean, it, big was the the big one, no pun intended. But you know, we had like four or five of these. Vice versa, eighteen again. I worked in a video store in the nineties. Would Freaky Friday count? It's kind of in that vein, yeah. But that was like way before this whole. Yeah, it's more the body happened. swap thing, but yeah, the yeah, uh, and and and, and so yeah, then a couple of remakes in there. Yeah, there were so, a couple of uh, body swap remakes. Yeah, yeah, and then and and the the making a character younger, and I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and and so we got the Adam de-aged, and uh, yeah, most of the JSA if they weren't already dead de-aged. That's right. That's right. That's right. Was this? A, it got Tony Stark de-aged, right? Wasn't he a teenager yes, for a little while? Yes, yes he became yes. a kid. Team Tony. Team Tony. <laughs> Thank, you, Ons- Thank you, Onslaught, for fixing that. <laughs> Yeah, that was probably one of because drunk Tony didn't work. Yeah, yeah one, of, uh, one of Marvel's worst ideas. So, so uh, they made Drunk Warbird instead. Wor- so that worse, made things better. Worse than Armor Cap. Yes. By far, yeah, it was, it no. was bad. I mean, yes, yeah, yeah, worse. Yeah. <laughs> teenage Tony Stark. I mean, he's obnoxious as an adult. <laughs> yeah, make exactly. Him a teenager. Why doesn't anyone like him? Uh, <laughs> Anyway, sorry, sorry, sorry to derail that. That's all right. I, I'll just finish off. Look, this this article's in back issue number one hundred and twenty, and I'd really encourage people to support tomorrow's press and yes. and have a look at getting an issue of back issues. It's a great book, and this is a terrific tribute to Steve Lytle. This article, um, Lytle's got a, a great quote in there, and he describes the concept of the Legion that came out of the nineteen sixties as an incredible one. He talks about the great potential of the future. We've got flying cars and everything is glistening and clean. All the possibilities for mankind will be achieved. We're looking towards a great deal of accomplishments. We haven't made it to the moon yet in the real world, but all things seem to be possible. You had had to have a great deal of faith in mankind that we were going to get there. There's still some part of us that wants to believe there's a greater potential for good. Given our political and social climates and the state of the world today, it's getting harder to believe that we're getting better and that things are improving and mankind is building to something that will last forever. But you know what? It's needed now more than ever. And I thought that was really nice to read that this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Steve yes. clearly was much more than a comic book artist um, and you know a lot of the posts on different fan sites talking about the kind of person that he was and yeah. the interest he showed in um, people who liked his art. Guy. Absolutely, yep. yeah, yeah. Pour him one out for uh, for Steve Lytle. He was uh, he was one of the good ones for sure. And, and he was uh, one of our early interviews when no one knew about us. Yeah, so. it was like what was it, episode one hundred and fifty-eight or something like that. Yeah, something and, like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it was, here, here's to Mr. Lytle. Amen. Cheers, yeah. sir. That was uh, yeah, because I I think it was just a few months after I'd moved in here, and um, mm. yeah. 
Yeah, that sounds that. about right. Yeah, and and it, <laughs> he said the next day, "Are you sure you don't want to like you know divide it into two or three episodes?" <laughs> really, nah. It was very long. I listened to it yesterday. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was it's like all- he he was just he he was like, "I'm up. I'm talking." <laughs> yep. It still wasn't our longest interview, though. No, no, but God, God, no. But it was close. Yeah, it was. It was. It was, close, it was but... another one of those ones where it's like I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to render the whole file. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. All right. Um, In our early days, when we just crossed our fingers and prayed. Indeed. So. Indeed. <laughs> so we do have a uh, we do have a Legion appearance in a new comic this week. Okay. What is that? Uh, Generations shattered. There is a legionnaire who is one of the main characters in the storyline. Excellent. Who is that? Uh, it is Superman when he was a boy. Ah, yes, yes, the real, <laughs> the real thing. Exactly. I, I haven't read it yet, obviously. Uh, <laughs> well, the real thing, quote unquote. Well, you know, the real. It, it looks. Character. It looks like it's a Silver Age. Superboy, or sorry, Bronze Age, uh, based on the costumes, but there are some characters in the picture or in the page where he appears that are non uh, non chronological, non corpses. People, people who should be dead are in that picture. Ah, but they and got better. Sentinels. Oh, you. It's almost as if they had very bad Legion reference. Almost. Or maybe they did it intentionally because he's not a, you know, it's supposed to be an alternate reality. Let's let's look at DC's track record on knowing stuff about the Legion and... (laughs) No. No. If only there were a site where people could get reference about certain costumes of Legionnaires. I mean... if only there was like a Twitter account, Legion reference at Twitter. If there was only, you know, Legion oh superhero, Legion superheroes visual reference dot blogspot dot com, you know. Right? I mean, if, if only such things existed. Uh, I mean, if in only a perfect listened, world. If, they, if only they listened to our podcast. Well, there you have really. I mean, honestly. Yeah. I mean, they used to. We know they used to, but now it's like, mm-mm. no, thank you. Just pay Travis to fact check, is what he's saying. Yeah. Well, I do it for free. <laughs> <laughs> just pay there's also an appearance in Death Metal your... number seven this week. Um, there's one panel in Death Metal seven that um, has a picture of um, all the Legionnaires' hands within a circle. Um, I think, and some people on the internet have spent a bit of time trying to work out which sleeve belongs to who. Um, <laughs> wow! But I, I think it's it's really interesting that this week having two Legion appearances, both of which are sort of the '60s and '80s teams, um, and no appearance from the current team. Um, it's deathly silent out there about the current team. Yeah, I think. I wish I could 16th say that. Sixteenth of December me, was the last Spenders post. Yeah, that is strange. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's pure speculation. Sure, Absolutely. it is. But, it is. But, but he hasn't said. At the he same hasn't, time, yeah, there's been zero talk about the book. No, well, I mean, he was plugging the trade paperback right after the new year, saying, "Hey, if you got Christmas gift cards, make sure you buy our first collection." Yeah, and, and that's wonderful. Yeah, it, it's just ever since the the great calling at DC, I've been feeling like the company is kind of rudderless. Because now, now we're getting into this point where it's like, 
oh, so these events are over. Now what? You know, we have future state, but that's already in the can. Yeah. Right. So what are they going to do after that? And that's yeah, so the question coming up. Something I kind of heard on the grapevine was that the reason future state is happening is because they had already contractually uh, locked in a bunch of people for uh, 5G yeah. or GG5. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is how to complete their contracts. Yep. Before I moving on. That totally. I totally get that. <laughs> Which makes you wonder, is that a real thing or not a real thing? I mean, we argue about whether... Bendis was posting almost daily in in the lead-up to those um, issues that had the guest artists in it. We were getting almost, you know, every couple of days we were getting some artwork. Mm -hmm. It's it's certainly a lot quieter. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully we'll... April solicits haven't come out yet, but I would think that would be... Soon. I would say in April, if we don't hear anything, we've got reason to be concerned, for sure. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, all right, but um, here we are uh, talking today about a a time when they were, count them, two Legion books. (laughs) This is where where the uh, numbering of the episodes is going to start getting weird, kids. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think this is the beginning of where the continuity starts getting just bizarre when you talk to people because now we've got an ongoing legion book that's been going on for a couple of years now mm-hmm. and now we have legionnaires so which team is the real team comes up as a question right well, they're both real i know i'm just and, just and they're also explaining gonna... it to new readers yeah well yeah tom tom beerbaum does talk about that the mm-hmm. The split between the two books, which I'll get to at the end, yeah. but um, uh, we're also going to be moving at different times in the different books. Like, I think Legionnaires one through, or the first few issues of Legionnaires, all take place in a much more compressed time frame than the same issues of Legion that came out at the same time. Right. Uh-huh. Right. So, so Justin, you chose this issue in particular uh, to join us. What was it about this issue that? Uh... Oh, yeah. So, so when I, when I, this is like my first issue of Legionnaires. So, I am coming at this point. I've been a, a collecting Marvel, you know, a uh-huh. huge X X Men fan. So, you know, you can slot directly into Legion from X-Men, I find, because if you like continuity issues and time issues and a million characters whose yes. threads go nowhere, it fits great. <laughs> um, but what but, but leapt, out, leapt out at me at the uh, at the comic book store I went to uh, growing up um, was was the Chris Sprouse artwork, like yeah. the literally the cover of Legionnaires one sucked me in. And I, yeah. I had very little Legion experience or experience with the Legion uh, being a mostly a Marvel collector mm-hmm. about a year before a year or two before I had gotten into collecting um, crisis, uh, you know, actually yeah. going through back issue bins. So I knew, you know, I knew Dawnstar. I, I got what it was. You know, I, I understood the concept yeah. of the Legion. But I, I didn't really have any frame of reference and I had the, um, my older cousin, uh, who had like given up collecting, gave me both issues of the um, what was it like the encyclopedia, the two issue encyclopedia, history of the DC universe yes, or whatever. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was concurrent with uh, Crisis, I guess, or came out yeah. right after. And they had that great two page 
like oh, that, this is that the future. Is beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And um, what was that? Uh, um, George Perez, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. Jorge yeah. Perez. Yeah. And and it was just amazing. <laughs> and so I, I knew who they were. Yeah. But I I had no frame of and I knew they were in the future and that was it. Um. So I see this this great cover and it's literally just exploding off the page. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the you know the bright colors, the costumes. It just looks great and it's you know i'm i'm and i'm at this point where i'm pretty almost also buying every first issue um i can because i think that was uh, very much uh of the market time oh yes it was Uh, oh oh yeah (laughs) you know know, number ones everywhere you look yep Yep, and I had to stick with almost everything. I'm a, I'm a, an avid collector. When I start collecting something, I I just go down a hole. I mean, I will defend that series Quasar till the cows come home. But uh, <laughs> I, loved Quasar. I loved Quasar. But people I love Quasar. Leave Wendell alone. I know. Well, they got rid of. They killed him off. It was like one of the saddest days of my life. Wait, um, isn't still dead? Is he? He'll get better. Uh, is he in a cancer verse now or something like he's that? He's been he's been dead since like. The first Guardians of the Galaxy series after Annihilation. I can't believe they haven't brought him back yet. They did. Okay. I think they did. Yeah, but then they they brought him back to shuffle him off somewhere else. <laughs> but uh, but, but but this is my first issue, so I'm coming and I do not know that there is an old. You know, keep in mind when I'm reading what we're gonna go over today, I do not know there is an older Legion. <laughs> like I yeah. uh, except for, except. Cam makes a reference. I'm here to to look over you guys. That is, I'm like, okay, you know, and, uh, and that's that's it. Yeah, we're off and running. I think they do make uh, you know later acknowledgments uh, later in the series, like you know seven or eight or uh, well, well with Kid Quantum. Mm-hmm. I, I think that you know you kind of picked. I picked up on stuff. But um, I mean, I this mean, was you didn't put it together that there was no Dawn Star in this group, and you're like, wait a minute, what happened to her? I'm uh, just curious. You know, I just figured, like, this is how it works, though, sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, sometimes there's this character. You know, it wasn't as... Yeah, yeah. Like, sometimes Dawn stars in it. You know, sometimes long shots in the X-Men. And yeah, sometimes I was just going to say. True, exactly. true. You know, like, yeah. it's, it, where's Dazzler? You know, like, sometimes she's there, sometimes she's not. I don't... Dazzler know. is on her seventh comeback tour. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I, you know, so I, I had no idea who these characters were. Mm-hmm. But they open the door, uh, and you know this is now my favorite thing at DC. And, it, and between this and um, the uh, uh, Giffen Dematis uh, Justice League yeah. opens the door t- for me to get kind of get into DC because at this point I am totally Marvel. Now I mean now I'm I'm into everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, or or less <laughs> things, but better things. You know, but uh, but at this point, like I I end up by the time I go to college, which is I think. This came out in what ninety uh, three, so about yeah. a year and a half later, mm-hmm. uh, I'm in college and I'm going through every comic book store in Boston to get first the the five years later saga because I want to know you know everything about th- those guys first. And like now I'm deep into this, so I get thrown five years later is my first foray into the classic Legion. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. So, and then I start going back and I'm like, wait, Giffen wrote and drew more? <laughs> like, I love yeah, Giffen yeah. art. Yeah. So then I start going back. So now, you know, it, 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 now, you know, I'm, I'm sort of like the backwards Legion guy while also going forward with, and then of course, 13 issues in or whatever, they reboot the whole thing. Yeah. One more time. 
Well, for me, it was the first time. But yeah. yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, in a way, it's almost a, res- a restart of the Legionnaires concept because I read this issue today and I realized it's very like ground floor, just like the Zero Hour reboot ended up being. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is ground floor, except it did seem like, unlike, uh, and I was thinking about that today too, unlike the Zero Hour. There, like I feel like Zero Hour actually goes a little like into the bureaucracy. Oh, we're gonna recruit, uh, you know, an, a person from every planet or you know a couple of people from every planet. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have to set it up with the UP, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. Which, which is nice to know too. You know, it, it's you get to see how the uh, the gears worked a little. Um, you get to see little growing pains with leadership. But this one, like they do, they're already there. In fact, when I was rereading this today. Uh, I was a little shocked that when they have it like talking about who to elect, they're like, oh, Cosmic Boy, since especially like the five years later saga we just read, yeah. it kind of seemed like they were a cohesive team. They 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 were operating. Like, why wouldn't Cos be why would this be a surprise to Cosmic Boy? <laughs> you know, he <laughs> well, because he team. wasn't the leader to start off. It was Invisible Kid when we got them. It was during, I guess, his run that the clones all came from. So they all just kind of invisible kid was the leader at the time. Was had had Kaz ever been leader prior to that? No. So yes, so, yes he has. That's right. Back in the original Superboy story, I, I am I can't believe I blinked on that. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Um, I I do have one one yeah. interesting item before we start the issue. Um. This uh, for the last year or so, I've been referencing the 2995 source book that the beer bombs wrote. Um, Legionnaires number one is the final current entry in the source book. Oh, okay. So they they were writing it, and it was published uh, just a couple months before this issue. Uh, It actually came out in between Legion 39 and 40. And so we're getting ready to do 42. So it was only a couple months old. Um, and so if you read the source book, you learned a lot that you did not know. But now we don't know anything going forward. Oh. Ah. It's all going to be a mystery. Wow. The uh, the future is writing itself now. Wait. Something like or that. the future is unwritten. The future is unwritten. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Just trying to remember which which thing from which, Terminator which was Two. It which was, right? Yeah, exactly. Who 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 was who? All right, Jim. Why don't who was you, who uh, and what were they doing? <laughs> yep, I'm gonna take us through this yeah, one. Start us off. So we got Legionnaires number one, and we got a whole gaggle of Legionnaires here on the cover. Let's see That's if I can. A gorgeous re- cover. Yeah. It is. Pr- Sprouse is awesome throughout this entire issue. It's. Crazy good, this issue, this art. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's go through them all. Uh, shoot, and right off the bat, I'm forgetting, is Dragonwind is his name? Dragon Mage. Mage. Dragon Mage. Dragon Mage. Okay, we got Dragon Mage, Inferno, Gossamer, uh, Matter Eater Lad, Pharaoh, Colossal Boy. Uh, is he Leviathan now? I guess he's Leviathan. Yeah. Uh, Shrinking Violet, uh, Andromeda, Triad, Cat's Paw. Computo, Cos, McBoy, uh, Lightning Lad, <laughs> Livewire, yeah, right, Livewire, Live Saturn Girl, Phantom Girl, and of course Apparition. 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 Darn it! I like I like Cos McBoy. 
Yeah, Cos McCoy. It's his, his Scottish cousin. Um, <laughs> um, now, I what I find interesting is, you know, the, the, there was a, a definite move toward um, um, the, getting rid of the lad and last names. Yep. And uh, and so, uh, consequently, we, we have, um, you know, Cosmic Boy is is one of the few that has never had a name change. Um, right. Same, same with Ultra Boy, although we're going to get Can't fix what ain't broke. <laughs> Matter Eater Lad. Yeah, Matter and, and, Eater Lad. Well, and Matter Eater Lad was the, was the one where, where uh, yeah, because what are you going to change him to, right? Yeah, exactly. What? Eater. I mean, the name is all there. All um, consumer. <laughs> exactly. Consuming boy. No, that's still got a boy in it, damn it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We got the jaw. Saturn, we got the Saturn jaw. Girl. Saturn Girl stays the same. Yeah, yes. yeah. And she, again, has stayed the same through through all of the incarnations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've seen uh, Phantom I, Girl I'm actually go to interested. Apparition and back to Phantom Girl again. But uh, I'm, It's actually funny that Cosmic Boy kept his name because in a lot of respects, Cosmic Boy's name isn't very descriptive of what he does. It's always been kind of like... Uh, not very descriptive of what he does. Yeah. So it would have been a good opportunity <laughs> yeah. to like call him Gravity, uh, uh, like Magnetic Kid, or or uh, something That's along those lines. Well, yeah, but you know, no. but, well, but, this but, one but probably no. doesn't have a brother yet. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, the, that 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 was uh, was fair game to be picked up. Magno. Oh. He'll <laughs> uh, be later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fortunately, fortunately, they uh, they they let they they left his. Uh, to be, but yeah, no, it it is a stunning cover. I mean, you know, so so you know, we've seen uh, we've seen Sprouse's art a few times in uh, in the, in the, uh, the in the main Legion book for Volume Four. Um, you know, starting with the with the origin story, and um, I mean, you look at how far his artwork had come even in that short time, and uh, it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. And that cover is by uh, Chris Sprouse and Carl Story, who right. also links the issue. Yeah. Before we move off the cover, it also appeared on the promotional artwork, which was in stores at the time. Yes. And, well, it's, uh, it's, I recently it, picked that up as a poster. It's an awesome poster. Um, and isn't it slightly different, too, the poster, the promotional The background color is different. It's white. Oh. Probably to get it to bounce off the walls and, in a dark comic shop. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, as far as family, was, I was going to say, what was special about the direct market edition, guys? What was special about it? Yep. Oh, oh this is a stump of subs, obviously. What, what, what? No, sorry, oh. I didn't hear what you asked. Got, you got, um, you, you, you went, you went quiet for a second there. Okay, what was special about the direct market edition? Oh, mm. wasn't it? Polybagged? It was polybagged. Why was it polybagged? Did it have a trading card? It did. Uh, of course, it did. Box trading card. Who remembers who was on the trading card? It's the '90s, for Christ's sake. Not a clue. Not a clue. No, not a clue. Okay, so um, when I went to fish this issue out, I actually had two copies. I had the direct market and the newsstand, and yeah. the direct market's got a computer. Skybox trading card oh, inside with Jessica I'll, I'll post a photo of it. Yeah, later. yeah. Cool beans. Yep. I, I was, was, I was taking it out of the bag. 
Yep. I was actually going to cover that at the end of the story, but um, because there's there's more to it than just the computer card. Ooh. Wow. Well, there we go. Cliffhangers. So we'll get. Yeah, exactly. That'll that that's that'll keep you listening till the end of the episode. (laughs) There you have it. There you have it. Also, the cover reminds us that the future begins here. Don't mind those other 30 or 40 issues of Legion of Superheroes. That was also, you know. That, that was all prelude. You don't need to worry about all that blood and guts because that's not in this issue. But yeah, the, Clearly, and, there is a definite tonal shift here. So. Now, the there are differences, uh, to your point, Justin, there are differences in the poster and the, uh, and the cover. Uh, because we have Dragon Mage uh, moved over, mainly because they did they had some some copy for the ad, a new hope, a new spirit, a new inspiration, a new team, and so Dragon Mage had to get moved over behind um, uh, Shrinking Violet. I think that's the only other change. Yes, so he's kind of uh, um, you know just kind of stuffed in in behind her, uh, behind her. So that they can get him out of the way of the uh, of the cover copy. Yeah, because I know I've seen it. It's like a little different, but I couldn't quite. Yeah, that, tell and that's the it. only like just looking at it. That's the only difference. And I think that uh, maybe they moved. Uh, f- they actually moved Pharaoh Lad down, um, so his knees are behind um, uh, Leviathan's. Um, uh, sorry, Pharaoh. Um, our de- his yeah. knees are down behind uh, Leviathan's shoulder, and um, oh, and Tenzel is no longer on Leviathan's shoulder. He is actually down there, uh, in amongst Triad apparition and uh, and Andromeda, as Tenzel would of course always want to be. They also fixed something that was really bugging me. If you look on the cover version, you see Gossamer's kind of uh, standing on the Colossal Boy's hand. Yeah. But the way, but the way it tangents with his fingers, it actually looks like she's like floating behind. Yeah, but, yeah. Whereas in that on that one, he's actually she's actually in the, in the palm. Yeah. In the palm. Yeah. In the in, yeah. the in the poster, it looks a lot better. Yeah. That, that's really interesting. Yeah. And Cat's uh, Paw doing her best Timberwolf on the cover. <laughs> Oh. It's interesting they fixed it for the poster, but not the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that is strange. Probably had some more lead time after well, and I, and they I, saw the cover, and it was too late because they had to go to press. Like, okay, you fix that. But it's interesting because it it it, it begs the question as to whether or not they um, because, well, I mean, you know, much easier to do like it to do in Photoshop now to just grab. Um, Oh yeah, it's a whole process back then. I mean, you, yeah, we, we, yeah. We're looking at the inked page. What it, what the the inked page of the art, uh, right here in our uh, comments on our Skype. Yeah. And you can see it was inked like the uh, print cover wound up being. So it was changed for the poster. Yeah. Interestingly, Matarita Lad looks like he's wearing a skirt as well on the poster. He's got hey, hey, space hey, hey, don't judge, don't judge. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. If they can wear skirts on Star Trek The Next Generation in three episodes before they canceled that idea, he can wear a skirt. It's fine. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting, though, because, yeah, because his uh, because his his uh, um, left leg is is sort of bent outward in the uh, in the cover. And uh, they just kind of colored in. Well, actually, that could also be Tinian's Tinia's hair in front of him, uh, Mm -hmm. too. So. 
let's just say whoever did it did a much better job than those guys in Australia doing the Australian editions of the covers. At least oh, we yeah. don't have one leg stuck on light light last there. <laughs> <laughs> The other weird thing I always, you know, think about, like I just thought about this literally just now, is that they the characters they left off, you know, yeah. like like Brainiac Five is a major character, you know. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. You know, Invisible Kid hasn't been around for a while. Maybe oh, he's so. on there. Oh, he's in there. Oh, he's on there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Cam, course, yes. you know, he's not on there. Cam's on Legionnaire. Hold on. Well, but he's, he's on the part. team. No, he's not on the team. He's like he is he, the Marla Latham of this. He's, team. Oh, he's the Marla. He's not the RJ. He's the well. He, I mean, he's always the RJ. He's got those deep pockets, but he's yeah. acting more like Marla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's more. He's more hands on. He's more hands on yeah, than yeah, RJ. Yeah, was. Good, RJ's good like, point, good let point. me write a check. Ah. <laughs> we'll throw. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I was going to use the wrong term, but but yeah, we'll throw some <laughs> money at that. No, I was gonna. You know, I was trying to think of one of his. You know, buy cracky or whatever is. Things were, but I can't remember them. So, by damn, never mind. <laughs> oh, like, Christ. isn't that a curse word? What's Brand saying here? Oh no, <laughs> mommy. Oh, crikey! <laughs> <laughs> what Brand's Australian now? Now, now, now. <laughs> All right, let's let's yeah. uh, let's get in. All right, so we got uh, Legionnaire roll call. We got Apparition, Chameleon, who I guess does appear on the roll call, so maybe he is considered part of the team. Cosmic Boy, Caputo, Pharaoh, Livewire, Saturn Girl, Shrinking Violet, Triad, Ultra Boy, and featuring the entire Legionnaire's team. Oh, they got Professor and Marianne. Yeah. Um, And the others. Now, Ginger won that pool, for sure. Yeah. She's the last one. Uh, um, I noticed there's a special thanks to all the Gaijin guys, um, which we uh, we learned about when we uh, when when we um... talked to Mr. Phillips. Yeah, exactly. Mr. When we Joe, Joe yeah, Phillips. Both, both Sprouse and Story were uh, were members of the studio, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And and um, and and another note is that with uh, with Cam, he's actually an old an old school legionnaire changing his name, so. That's, oh, that's true. He's not. He's not chameleon boy. Right. It's or chameleon it's, man. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just kind of confusing anyway. Carl. So. Does anyone know who Carl is that they're saying for Carl down the bottom? Yeah, that's um, uh, Tom oh. Beerbaum's brother who had just passed away. Right. Oh, yeah. That's great. All right. So we get the title Legionnaires Baptism by Fire. And we see uh, Saturn Girl, late, uh, Livewire. This is going to be hard. Uh, Cosmic Boy. <laughs> yep. Yep, it is. <laughs> All right. New drinking Feel game rule. They haven't been Lightning Lad and Saturn Girl in a long time. Yeah, but you still call them that, even though they're Garth and Imra. Yeah. yeah. All right. And so Saturn Girl's saying, this way, Legionnaires, hurry. And Livewire says, yeah, you're, you're, oh, wait. You're saying somebody's still alive in here because they are in a fire because it is a baptism of fire. Yes. Subtext, kids. I, uh, that's, and, I think that's actually text. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is I mean, the literally, fire is right there. It is, and and there there is literally that text right above it. <laughs> yeah. And then and, this this one uh, picks up right where the um, Legion Forty One ended off the Melbourne and. 
Jakarta domes had crashed into each other. And okay, Legionnaires, let's go and save them. That's right. Yes. And we've got creator credits. We got Tom and Mary beer bomb writers. We got Chris Sprouse penciler, Carl Story inker, uh, Pat uh, Brasu letterer, Rousseau, uh, Tom McCraw on colors, Eddie Brigant Braganza. Yeah, Braganza. Braganza. Assistant editor with uh, Michael Yuri and Casey Carlson as editors. All right, and we got uh, Saturn Girl saying, "Yes, I'm definitely picking up thought patterns this way. Come on, here, three of them." And we see some people trapped in the rubble with the fire nearby, and they're saying, "Cough, Legionnaires, cough! Thank God, please help us." And Cosmic Boy says, "Don't worry, sir, we'll get you out of here." And the caption uh, is one of the uh, uh, trapped people say, "How?" And Cos says, "Soon uh, should be simple enough. We'll just leave it." In the uh, we'll just leave the way we came in, and we see an outside shot with uh, flames on the outside of what kind of looked like uh, I don't know, vaguely Asian-looking. Spe- yeah, uh, I think this future. is the, this is the Jakarta Dome, must be, okay. mm-hmm. be- because of the uh, I would say just because of the skin colors of the inhabitants. Of the mm-hmm. um, than white people. J- Jakarta's India, right? Indonesia. Indonesia. Indonesia, okay. Uh, And so Saturn Girl says, easy, ma'am, easy. Put on these oxygen masks. They'll help you breathe. And then Cosmic Boy grabs one of the uh, bystanders and said, good, that's it. Put your weight on your your good leg. And then all of a sudden the uh, ceiling collapses with a big kawoosh. Uh, And uh, someone says, we're trapped. And Saturn Girl says, now what? You notice that... uh, Saturn Girl has gotten where she's gotten the, her uh, oxygen masks from. Her her pouches. Oh, yeah. 1993, yep. baby. Yeah, but at least they're showing a purpose for having the yeah. pouches. Exactly. Look, yes. Batman but sets got, the example here. They've got pouches and they're using them. <laughs> I'm fine with that. It's when they don't use them ever that it's right. an issue for me. It's like, uh, what are you people doing? Those are too bulky. (laughs) So Livewire says, now it's time to turn up the juice. And with a big srack, he blows a hole in the wall with a big poom. And down below, people are yelling, holy haddock. Uh, Cosmic Boy says, let me guess, that was you controlling yourself? And Livewire says, "Uh, well, I got rid of the debris, didn't I? And half the people below, if I don't hustle... Hang on, sir, because he's grabbed uh, one of the people do, they're do, rescuing. Do, 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 do the hustle. Uh, and so Kaz swoops down and uses his magnetic powers to grab the debris that Livewire has created before it crushes people down below who are looking at the burning building, I guess. Uh, and Kaz says, phew, thank God most of this material is metallic. Otherwise, my magnetic powers would have been useless baggage. I, uh, does that qualify as exposition? Oh, definitely. Yeah. But it's not Dream Girl, so we can't take a drink. Uh, and so they come uh, flying out of the hole, and one of the people that Livewire is holding says, You're flying. Flight ring, standard equipment. Uh, Kaz says, Hey, Chief, we could have used some help up there, you know. And the UP is down below, and they're saying, or I think they're firefighters. I don't think the UP. They say, Sorry, Cosmic Boy, the damn power grid's still down. Most of our equipment is useless. By the way, I own the... Uh 
the original art to Sprouse's pencil breakdowns of this page. Nice. And I will I will post them in the uh, um, on the Facebook page tomorrow. Very cool. Then we get a big uh, outside shot of the uh, Earth domes. Uh, and it says near nearby. Um, oh, actually, that's weirdly phrased. All right, so it says nearby, which is the location. Uh, and then we see purple text saying, "What in the world's going on, Mr. President? Power blackouts, fires raging out of control. I mean, this is twenty nine ninety five. Our technology is supposed to work." Mm. Have you tried turning it on and off? <laughs> I know, Cam. It's not from 2995 either. It's older. <laughs> That's true. These domes are older tech. Some of it dates back into the uh, hundreds of years. That's right. Untested. Mm. Uh, I know, Cam. I know. Uh, but we've got serious problems. I mean, Earth is gone, destroyed. And computers nearby saying, hmm, reposition. Pillar 51181 working. Uh, she's talking in her like pink uh, computer text because uh. she's talking to a computer. Uh, and um, I guess we see President, uh, uh, who is this? This is uh, President Tyrock. Tyrock. Tro- oh, yeah. Oh, and now, good. yeah. And he's saying, Shut and now everything. <laughs> and now every. Why doesn't he just use his magic voice to fix everything? He must have lost it at some point because he's never used it since we've seen him. That's true. He has not. Uh, And now everything that's left is falling apart because our power grid has gone haywire. We've lost the program that maintains the delicate linkage between the surviving cities. And then Cam cuts in saying, causing the Melbourne Dome to collide with uh, Jakarta's. Exactly. We've got massive damage and fires all across Jakarta. And the linkage program is so complex, it take a computer genius a week to unscramble the mess. And Super we, genius. We're, we're going to find one of those. And uh, <laughs> off-panel, off we uh, continue to hear computer saying, and shift support, 27713, into place. And then she cuts in with her normal human voice saying, actually, Mr. President, I think I've got everything back on track. What? That's impossible. <laughs> We have to also remember that, of course, the uh, the president is Tyrock. So, <laughs> shut your mouth. Indeed. And uh, Caputo says, uh, "No, really, I've eased the Melbourne Dome off to Carter Dome. The crisis is pretty much past." And the, and uh, Tyrock says, "I is she kidding? She just fixed it <laughs> just like that." And Cam says, yeah, well, that's our Caputo. Not much she can't do when she gets her hands on a computer. <laughs> Uh, then we, uh, she says, hey, Cam, look at this monitor, Ultraboy and Pharaoh. And Cam says, repairing the damage to the dome, good. Whoa, what's that? What's what? Zoom in. Enhance. That vehicle to the lower left. And we see a computer monitor uh, looking at Pharaoh and Ultraboy, but we also see a little vehicle down in the background that the uh, camera is zooming in on. Uh, we They continue talking. What do you make of those insignias, Computo? They're from the hand, a street gang, and it, all the uh, guys in the little car have uh, black hands emblazoned upon their jackets. And uh, they keep talking. Right, right. So what are they up to? Cam, check out what that guy's holding. And then now there's a targeting reticle on one of the one of the uh, street gang members' uh, hands, and he's got like a controller in his hand. Oh no, it's not a controller. It's a it's a grenade. Uh, it's an explosive. And we see the uh, 
the gang member chuck it, and we see an explosion on another camera just before the camera cuts out. Holy, look at that thing. That was a power junction. They just blow out a power junction. No wonder the power grid is so skewed up. Pharaoh, you boy, come in. Pharaoh, you boy. Uh, then we cut to Pharaoh and Ultra Boy, who are uh, in the area, and they say, Pharaoh here, what's up, Cam? There's a speeder down below you guys, headed your way. And Pharaoh says, four occupants? That's the one. Put the clamps on them. They're the guys who just blew out the power junction. You got it, Chief, out. And then Ultra Boy flies in and says, yo, Pharaoh, watch this. I'll grab him with, with a, uh, in a flash with my ultra speed. And Pharaoh says, negative on that, Ultra Boy. This bust is mine. <laughs> Yours? Well, they're getting away. Hmm. So they are. Hey, be a pal, you boy, and hold this for me. And he takes off his flight ring and tosses it to him. And Ultra Boy says, your flight ring? Pharaoh, no, without it, you'll, you'll plunge like a rock? Be overcome by the gravity of the situation? Splatter like an overwrite cassava? <laughs> That In that case, perhaps I should convert this mushy pink body into some real heavy metal. And we see him oh crashing through the street below, uh, and the, and the, uh, and the uh, car smashes directly into him. This is what we uh, – I'm speaking off here. This is what we call a classic stone boy maneuver. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, <laughs> <Totally>. yeah. <laughs> um, so we uh, see Pharaoh yelling uh, – Iron, and we see some of the gang members saying, "He's out of his ma! Look out, gah, yeah. gah, yeah. Is is that typical that he yells iron before he turns into iron? It's like Shazam. Go with it. No, he's saying heavy metal iron. Yeah, he's saying it's into right. some real heavy metal iron. It's it's all split up because, like that. because comics. <laughs> but now it's canon, though, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> Though it does raise the question if he can turn into other things other than iron, but perhaps not. Even well, he, so anyway. be, he wouldn't be feral lad if he could turn into things other than iron. Well, that's true. Feral. He don't turn into ferrous things. Well, I mean, Karate Kid knows other martial arts than karate. Oh. Oh. And Saturn Girl's not from Saturn. True. Scandalous. <laughs> Ultra Boy comes swooping in, saying, sharp thinking, Pharaoh. Cam will have uh, spriggots when he gets the bill for this street. Yeah, like it, it'll break the old money bags. <laughs> and over there, one of them's getting away. Uh, and we see one of the gang members leaping off the uh, the the street. Uh, it appears to be a woman, and she's saying, got what you deserve, you stupid morons. And Pharaoh says, don't worry, Ultra Boy. I think she's about to get a little surprise. And she's running down a black alley saying, damn, this is all I need. Huh? And a big lightning shazak. And Livewire standing there saying, and just where do you think you're going, babe? And she says, D but don't you understand? I wasn't really with those goons. They made me come along. <laughs> Sorry, lady. Your colors say otherwise. Care to try again? And he uh, basically he's apprehending her by pulling her arms behind her back. And she's saying, ow, that hurts. Uh, and Livewire says, maybe the truth this time. And then Cos and Saturn Girl come flying in saying, hey, easy, Livewire, easy. Let's listen to what she has to say. Oh, yeah, right. Like she's an innocent bystander, a victim of society. And uh, she says, I am innocent. These goons made me come with them. They forced me into their stupid gang. And Livewire says, that's about as lame as they come, wouldn't you say? 
but it's true. I swear to God, it's true. And Saturn Girl steps forward and says, Miss, there is a way to prove it. I'm a Titanese. I can read minds. Would you be willing to let me read yours? And she says, sure, go ahead. I got nothing to hide. And Saturn Girl says, okay, then just relax, Mega. Is it? Yeah, that's my name. Mega. Just relax, Mega. Yes. <laughs> you wonder how big she was when her mother birthed her. Mega. Just relax, Mega. This could be a bit uncomfortable. And we basically see this cool thing where their minds merge, become one, with the words mega, 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 mega going across it. Uh, her, 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 her older sister was Giga. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Kaz says, what's the verdict? Uh, she is telling the truth. And she, the uh, and Mega says, oh boy, I think I'm going to puke. And Santa Girl says, okay, okay. For an, uh, excuse us for a sec, boys. We got to find a gutter. <laughs> And Kaz says, come on, Livewire. Let's go make ourselves useful somewhere. She doesn't have a barf bag in one of those their, pockets. You've got to notice their powers are all, like, they're still getting used to them by this stage. We've had all three of the founders causing problems with their powers or, you know, questioning their powers. I think it's more of a uh, of a device to show the the new readers, hey, this is this is what these guys can do. Yeah, but we sort of had had Cosmic Boy talking about whether you know if the, if it wasn't metal, he'd be pretty useless. And Satin Girls just made someone throw up reading her mind. <laughs> Livewire's you know overdone it, blowing a hole through the building. Like I think they're actually purposefully making them more inexperienced. I think the them being in the future from their perspective has put them on the back foot a bit, and they're almost like they're rookies again. That's how I basically read it, personally. Mm, yeah. But the other thing, too, is if they're in the future, they're also in a future that has had Legion for, I don't know, where we are in the gap, you know, in the comic book time. But there still should be 20 years of of Earth knowing who the Legion are. I mean, right. you would you would know who Cosmic Boy was. <laughs> like, you would know who, well, light, you might call him Lightning Lad, but you'd know who these characters were, with maybe the exception of Pharaoh. But we're not going to mention that for quite a few more issues. Oh. <laughs> but, but, yeah, but, it, but you know... It, it, but, I mean, that, that begs the point, doesn't it? Exactly, exactly. Maybe Mega just didn't pay attention to the whole of it. Well, I mean, she's young. I mean, the Legion hasn't been around in five years. I mean that's tr that's true too, but yeah. I mean, how young is she? I mean she looks sixteen, seventeen, which is as long as the SW six legionnaires have been away, and, you know as far as they're concerned. Yeah. But the um, uh, yeah, it's only been five, six years since the Great Collapse, mm -hmm. and it was the the for lack of a better term, the Baxter Legion was around during then. But I I could honestly see someone. At that point, if she was alive during the Great Collapse, which I, I completely buy into that, mm -hmm. not liking the Legion because of the Great Collapse happening and they couldn't stop it. That's fair. Yeah. But also, the people they saved, those look like older people with a kid. They were probably, teen, you know, they, they might have been concurrently the same age as the Legion, or they would have been teenagers at the same time the Legion were teenagers. Mm -hmm. Originally, right, so right. why you know why are you flying? Oh, you know, flight ring. Yeah, of course they know that's a flight ring. <laughs> These guys were you know they're popular, yeah. right? 
in the back in the you know earlier runs they had legion mm-hmm. days they had tours yeah, uh, going yeah. by their you know their headquarters these people came from all over the planets to to see them the the legion were not a secret yeah so shortly uh livewire says so she looks pretty hot in that costume of hers don't she who looks hot cuz uh, cosmic boy <laughs> is here as well they're working uh they're working with the rescue workers to put the uh, i believe the power conduit back together and Livewire says you know who saturn girl Livewire, please we're trying to get this power station back online and one of the technicians is saying that's it son direct it with a with a, the a flow into that line there got it now come on cause and meet it you'd love to get your paws on saturn girl wouldn't you no i wouldn't Livewire. she's your girl ha fraud answer I gotta say, I kind of like I like Livewire like lounging in air like this. That's that's a f- that's fun way to like use flight rings. I just it's just one of those cool things I like. Uh, and Kaz says, "Look, I never try to steal another guy's girl. You just don't do that sort of thing. I mean, granted, if you two ever broke up, then sure, I'd be a fool not to." Mm-hmm. And uh, like uh, I did it again. Livewire zaps him with a kaz- <laughs> and Kaz says, "Hey." What was that for? Just for a friendly minder, pal. A guy's got to watch out where he puts his hands, or he might just get a shock of his life. All right, and now we uh, see the Legion headquarters. Fortress Lad himself. Uh, His corpse. (laughs) (laughs) The Metropolis Dome, home of the Legionnaires headquarters. So I guess they are called Legionnaires, not the Legion of Superheroes. I guess that's the point. Yeah, the the adults are the Legion of Superheroes. These guys are... Just Legionnaires, hence the name of the title. Right. Uh, and we see Blue Tech saying, I'm telling you, this hand gang will do anything to mess up Link Cities. They're a bunch of major jerks. And it's uh, Mega talking. And she's saying, I don't know who their leader is. Like, almost nobody knows that. But man, he just wants to skew, skew everything up. And Chameleon is here and he's saying, Very interesting, miss. But as advisor to the Legionnaires, I've got to ask, why your sudden change of heart? Why why have you turned against your own gang? And she says, hey, it ain't my gang. If you're a female and a little good looking, they make you part of their gang. And once you're in, they got ways of keeping you in. And she's taking off her sunglasses and shows that she has a black eye. And Pharaoh comes in and says, yo, Cam, guys, let's shake it. Time for the membership meeting. All right. Shake it. Shake it, baby. And we come into a big round table with a big uh, Legionnaires logo on it. And pretty much, I'm pretty sure everyone's here now. And we see Pharaoh saying, nice. Wait, nice digs. Nice digs, eh, invisible kid. Indeed. Uh, and Cam says, well, looks like everyone's here. And Matter Eater Lad is shaking uh, Dragon Mage's hand. And he says, so you're Dragon Mage. Pleased to meet you. Yeah, because his hand has popped off in Dragon Mage's hand. Because uh, he's got a trick trick hand on. Uh, his his hand is popped off at the wrist. And we see in the foreground, we see Ultra Boy saying, looks like Cat's Paw is ready to sink her claws into another one. And him and uh, uh, Aberration are looking at Cat's Paw and Colossal Boy being close together. And Cat's Paw is saying, hmm, nice muscles. And Jim says, gosh, thanks, Cat's Paw. You're not half bad yourself. Uh, so Cam is saying, if I could have your attention, please, I thought we'd start off by discussing what, uh, 
I believe this new team is going to stand for. And as you know, we're in some tough times. A lot of people seem to be losing faith in the values of our, our society was built upon. They're, these people need new inspiration, new leadership. They need to see young people who believe in what's right. Uh, I mean, I don't have to tell you all what the people of Earth have been through. And we see Cat's Paw kind of like not paying attention, saying, hmm, there's another cute one. Meanwhile, uh, Mad Reader Lad is snoring. <laughs> and Cam continues saying, a brutal war to free Earth from alien domination. Most of us uh, fought in that war because became symbols of hope to these people. But just when it looked like the Earth might get uh, back on its feet, the strain of endless warfare and ecological folly became too much. Became too much. Earth was destroyed, and we see little uh, flashback clips in hologram form of these events. Uh, Cam continues, but now we've got a second chance—a uh, new Earth that we can build without the fear and the greed and the bigotry that shattered the old one. Uh, but first things first, right now, we need to choose a leader. And Saturn Girl says, a leader? Well, how about you, Cam? And Cosmic Boy says, sure, you'd be perfect. Well, thanks, Saturn Girl. That's very flattering. But this is your organization. I'm just here to advise you kids. And Brainiac says, well, then, how about Invisible Kid? And Invisible Kid says, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and Brainy says, if you examine his profile, you'll note his high intelligence and proven leadership skills. And Catspaw says, I second this. Kid would make a cute leader. And Invisible Kid says, Uh, oh, gee, thank you, Brainiac 5, Catspaw, but I have to say I'm wondering if I'm really the leader type, as opposed to someone, somebody a little more well outgoing, somebody like Cosmic Boy. See, see, my issue with this is that Invisible Kid was the leader. Yeah, but maybe he just didn't like the leader. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I had a problem with that, too. This is a, a huge vote of no confidence you know, Cam just basically marches in there. Cam's and like, says, so who's well, gonna be leader? Yeah. Well, well, Invisible Kid sucked as leader, so we need a change of leadership for our uh, you know a new uh, a new leader for a new direction. I mean, I, I think they're doing it for the new readers, but still, it's like there's no continuity it, there. It's, at all. it's it's being played off as a this is a new team, and yep. you know this is you know we're starting fresh here. So I like Legionnaires. See where Legionnaires. He's going with it. The Legionnaires are not the Legion of Superheroes, I think is the impression. Yeah, basically. Um, somebody off screen, off panel says, hey, I'll second that. Oh, it's, it's Saturn Girl. And says, I mean, how could we possibly do better than Cosmic Boy? Mm -hmm. uh, well, thanks. I. Uh, so how about it? All those in favor? And we hear a bunch of people say, aye. And Saturn Girl says, looks like it's pretty much unanimous. And Livewire does not look happy about he this turn not. of events. And Cosmic Boy stands up in his speech time. Well, thank you, everybody. I'll try not to let you down. I'd say we've got a heck of a team here, and I think we can accomplish great things. But first off, I guess I should appoint a second-in-command, a deputy leader, somebody who really knows the workings of this new world and how to get things done. And I would, and I think Computo would be perfect. Seriously? Sure. What do you say? Uh, okay. Sounds like fun. And Cam says, good, excellent choice, Cosmic Boy. Now, I ought to, I think we ought to tackle this hand thing. Uh, Cosmic Boy says, I agree, Cam. So, with that, so, any suggestions, people? How do we handle these guys? And Cam tries to say, well, uh, I thought, 
But then a computer interjects saying, Kaz, let me introduce everybody to Mega. She's a former hand member. And Cam tries to say, that's right, she, but gets cut off again mm-hmm. by computer who says she can get us, uh, give us background on the gang. And Cam says, oh, right. Good thinking. And Mega, uh, so Mega, what kind of people are in the gang? And Mega stands up and says, whoa, like thoroughly depraved. I mean, to them, this whole world's just, you know, uh, alto- altogether defective. So they figure, why not do whatever their leader guy tells them, like blow up anything or kill anybody? It just doesn't matter to these guys. And Kaz says, well, I'd like to, I'd say we need to infiltrate this gang, find out who their leader is and what he's up to. And Saturn Girl says, Kaz, the gang's security grid will, be, will detect our communicators. So how about if I maintain telepathic contact with the, the team instead? Okay, good thinking, Saturn Girl. So we'll assemble ourselves a team. How about Shrinking Violet? And Vi says, uh, okay. And Triad. And Aberration, who I think would make a good team leader. And Aberration says, cool. And Ultra Boy. I want to. I want to. Before they introduce Ultra Boy, I'm looking at these people and I'm saying, Cuz just recreated the Espionage Squad. He did. Yeah. And the original squad was Chameleon Boy, Shrinking Violet, Phantom Girl, and Invisible Kid back in Adventure 360. So, as far as they're concerned, they have not yet had a chance to assemble. An espionage squad team. Yep. I mean, they, they all make sense. Except for Ultra Boy. Well, well no, he's, he's an I, ultra I, actor. I'm, I'm actually, yeah, <laughs> Ultra Boy is an actor. Also, he he's, this, right? he's down with the punk. Rim, he's got those Rimbor street, street creds. And yeah. infiltrating a street gang makes complete sense why he'd be on the team. Mm-hmm. All right. But not as a, uh, not not as a regular the yeah. squad. Yeah, not Plus also, what you want the muscle to you? You need one muscle character. Yeah. And, and Ultra Boy does need to be supervised at all times, <laughs> preferably by his girlfriend. So. Well, it can't be a part. He goes crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he gets a little moody. A little moody. All right. So soon we are now in what appears to be a very seedy uh, neighborhood. And <laughs> the bad part of town. Um, the I other guess. side of the dome, I guess. What? Uh, so I believe this is Aberration talking. She says, "Sheesh, look at the look. No, look at these disguises. I mean, talk about Tres Tacky. <laughs> Trey and Mega. Tacky. Tra- oh, Trey Tacky. Do you speak, do you speak in game my French is not good. Because all they've done is throw a, a shirt and a jacket on top of your. Hey, it's nineties. But, I mean, you can still see their legs, and you know who's who. Uh, no yeah. argument for that. <laughs> uh, At least Mega... they've got their L's covered up, so that's important. <laughs> yeah. All right. And Mega says, yeah, Aberration, but, like, we ain't going to get into Hand HQ alive without him. And uh, Triad says, I don't like this neighborhood. <laughs> and Joe says, just act like you know what you're doing, Triad. Act like you belong. And Aberration says, I guess this is nothing compared to your old home turf, is it, Joe? Nah, but just the same, uh, Kitten. You stay close behind me. Kim, <laughs> Joe, I am leading this mission. And, 
And Mega says, okay, dudes and dudettes. Oof. Oof. Guys, it's the 90s. It is the 90s. It's big time 90s and they're using 80s slang. So this is good. Uh, Triad says, Whoa, this is what? A wall? And Mega says, a hologram of a wall. And then she walks right through the, uh, through the wall. Oh, wow. And they all come on in. And a bunch of like uh, hand goons are waiting for them on the other side, and they're saying, "Good going, Mega. Grab the babes, croak the guy. It's a trap. It's a trap." Uh, and Mega says, "Hey, s- hey, stop, stop. He's one of us, one of the hand." And the uh, the gang member goes, "Huh? Then how come I ain't never seen him before?" Because says Joe, "Because I'm from the Paris gang, knothead. Name's Lou Jack. Check it out if you don't believe me." And the gang member says, uh, okay, Jack, you can pass, but your story better check out. And the aberration says, phew. Uh, Mega says, this way, guys, and don't worry, you boy, that Lou Jack ID I gave you is solid. And aberration says, Joe, Joe, I don't like this. And uh, Triad's getting, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, She's getting apprehensive. Hit on. Hit on, I guess, by one of the other gang members saying, huh, a little new talent here. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> so Aberration's still talking to Joe, saying, my telepathic link to Saturn Girl's been cut off. And Joe says, great, must be some kind of static in these tunnels. Now we're really on our own. And uh, the gang member is still uh, messing with Triad, saying, so you'd like to join our team? Please don't do this. Ah, now, babe, I'm just trying to get to know you. Okay, jerk, I warned you. And we see she has two different color eyes. Is that, like, new? It's distinctive uh, to her for sure. I, yeah, I, and it's it's a purple eye and an orange eye mm-hmm. to go along with her purple and orange suit. I I think it's a a retcon for this character yeah. when they split. One has got orange eyes, one's got purple eyes, and one's got one of each. Right. And uh, the the game member goes, huh? Because Triad is just split into three, saying, you know, I don't normally enjoy violence, but in your case, I'll make an exception. Uh, the three of them, she split into three. Um, further down the hallway, the other part of the team has wandered off uh, and is saying, where's Triad? Quiet, we're almost there. Meanwhile, back up the hallway, Triad is really letting this guy have it. Uh, I love that panel. It's a, that, see, that's why, we, that, see, that panel tells you everything you need to know about tr- why Triple Girl or Triad is awesome. Because mm-hmm. yeah, you can say Triad Trijitsu, yeah. Wasn't that a thing that they um when did Trijitsu actually become a thing? Was Post that Zero Hour? Was that the cartoon or was it comics first? It's comics. comics. Okay. Cool. Probably the reboot. Yeah. I I think it even mentions it here though. I think uh, not in this issue, but I think the the background character profile, so I think she'd be what, like the third issue? I think it does say something like that. I think they reference it in this version mm-hmm. before a pre-reboot, and then mm-hmm. it just carries on. Oh, okay. Cool. I'm not 100% on that. I mean, it's been so long since I read this issue, it felt like reading a brand new comic to uh, me. Totally, totally. I've never read it. Wow. Now, is, huh. is Travis's Karate Kid a master of Trijitsu? <laughs> he would have to be, right? He's master of everything. Thank you. Well, was. Oh. Yeah. All right, he came back like every time. He is (laughs) too soon. But how can you be a master at trijitsu if you can't split into three? 
He's oh, that sure. good. He's yeah, that good. Val's that good. That's how, yeah. <laughs> Val would probably say he taught her a thing or two, knowing him. So. <laughs> All right, so but Violet is saying, Triad, there you are. Are you okay? And uh, she says, yep, never better. And so Mega's saying, okay, guys, here it is. The leader's compound. Hold up, Ultra Boy. Two armed guards. Ha, nothing a little Ultra Speed can't handle. So he whacks them both at super at ultra speed. Mm-hmm. And then the door opens to the throne room and stands revealed. Dun, dun, dun. dun. Manos or Mano. 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 No ifs. Uh, very Which I got to admit, we, sh- we all should have seen coming with the hand logo. Yeah. See, right? I, yeah. That, that's actually why I really like this because I didn't see it coming either. I was really surprised. Mm-hmm. Mano's cool. Uh, anyway, very impressive, Ultra Boy. Come in, Legionnaires. Come in. I wanted you to meet the leader of the hand, and so you, know, you wanted to meet the leader of the hand, and so you shall. For a f- few rather brief moments, my friends, you shall enjoy an audience with Mano. But you seem surprised that we were expecting you. Well, don't be. Not when we've got this fine alien telepath on our staff who was also able to jam your mind link with that charming young Saturn girl. <laughs> and now, Legionnaires, please allow me to officially extend you my hand of goodwill. Bloody grife, what's with that guy's hand, is Ultra Boy saying. <laughs> and Mano reaches out saying this. Uh, this is what we use to punish traitors. And a traitor is what I have before me, eh, my foolish Mega? And he's reaching towards Mega, and she's saying, hey, no, come on. And Before Ultra Boy... Page, I, got, I got two questions. Um, first question is, how is he wearing a glove? Uh, don't ask those questions. Okay. And second question <laughs> is, uh, the telepath is one of uh, Telus's race, a Hycranian. Yep. Who apparently has... Five-fingered hands. Yep. <laughs> he sure does. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I would not be happy. I don't remember what Telus no. had, but it was. I don't remember what Telus had, but it was not a five-fingered hand. No, it, 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 it was, was like right? paws at first. They they didn't even have they like were, these, they were on flippers. Them. Yeah, they were flippers. Yeah. He had fingers. Did he? Not at yeah, first. Yeah, he had fingers. Lytle's design was fingers, but they were always curled in. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. They were residual. He, used, yeah. he would have used telekinesis, he would use to, telekinesis to grab anything. All right. So, yeah. So I'm assuming that this high crayon is not Telus, because that's not clear here. Right. Well, he, he is a Dark Circle member, so I almost thought it might have been. Well, that's what I'm asking. It's it's uh, not. No, I don't, I don't think Telus. so. Okay. I didn't think but it was, seen... but I was like, wait a minute. I yeah, because we've that. seen we've seen other Hycranians before, yep, we have. like the uh, the admiral from the mm-hmm. fleet. Yep. And they're all telepaths because they live in methane. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, about Mano, um, we caught a glimpse of him back in issue thirteen, which was the State of the Universe story, um, where he was basically just hanging out as one of Starfinger's goons. Mm-hmm. And then uh, before that, it had been a while since we'd seen him. He was uh, back in Baxter number 25. Nope, nope, you missed one. He was trying to join Emerald Empress's new Fatal Five. He was. Uh, he actually had a pretty significant role in issue four during the Glorith verse issue. Not the Glorith verse issue, the uh, Mordor verse issue. Yeah, he was oh, like okay. one thinking, of the enforcers. Talk- 
you're, you're right. I'm talking about the uh, um, the the current. Yeah, Inverse, the actual not... Inverse. Yeah, yeah the Inverse. Right. right. But still, I think it's important to note that these Legionnaires have never met Mano because they're shocked by him. Yeah, Pharaoh's right. still alive, so. Yeah, they well, Pharaoh's not... alive, and so it means that that story doesn't seem to have occurred in their timeline, quote unquote. Well, it hasn't occurred yet because. Although they were notorious criminals. They were, but then they should know who Mano is because of the Fatal Five thing. But you know, eh. it, it's wibbly wobbly, timey wimey here. Fatal Five hadn't been cre- hadn't been brought together Come, yet, right? In their timeline, right? Well, but yeah, for them because they yes. were taken out of time um, be- be- before that. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm trying to make sure we keep that straight. Yeah, yeah. Because sure. people yes, might be like, point. "Don't they know who he is?" Because they're all like, "Who's that guy? What's with his hand?" You know that kind of thing. Yeah. So they don't recognize him without his space helmet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So Ultra Boy's uh, trying to break loose. He's saying, "Leave her alone, damn it! Don't touch her. My Ultra Speed, I'll get to her in time." And he's reaching out and he grasps Mega by the chin, and while. Uh, Ultra Boy is trying to get loose. He apparently gets shot uh, by a guy with a gun. Mm-hmm. And then Mega explodes with yeah. a big hoosh. And, and so, some blood splatter there. Who said this wasn't violent? That, that's, that's, I, I did, actually, and I forgot about this scene. <laughs> so uh, It's very well, Saw-like right there. It's like, ah-ha. <laughs> But but you notice that Joe is using his ultra speed, not his invulnerability. Right, that's what oh, I'm yeah. saying. Is he gets shot as he's switching to ultra speed, and uh, at least I think yeah, he gets that... shot. It's a little unclear because the gun blasts okay. are around him, not so much through him. Yeah, but uh, he's definitely out for the count. Definitely, the muscle is down. Not ideal. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, Aberration yells, "Mega, Mega, she's gone." You butcher, you keep away from Joe. Ah, 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 dear apparition. I'd freeze right there if I were you. Because you see, if you remain where you are, your precious Ultra Boy could po- uh, Because you see, if you remain where you are, your precious Ultra Boy could possibly die before your eyes. And if you take just a single step forward, then, my lovely, then your dear boyfriend's death becomes a certainty. Next time, hand-to-hand combat. Uh. Now, so, if, if so he, what's interesting there is that Mano knows Phantom Girl's new name. Well, yeah, that's because it was broadcast all over the galaxy when, oh, was it? Uh, when they when they showed up. Well, gotcha. I well, that's true. Yeah. So interesting, very so, intriguing. Yeah, Man was uh, Mano's a great villain. I'm glad he's the villain here because he, he's he's a legitimate threat. He's got a cool design. Mm-hmm. He, he's a good first level villain for the for this team because. He's he's enough of a threat to like six or seven of them to keep them busy, especially with his gang yeah. around them. So, yeah, it was a good choice for their first villain for sure. And it is a great design. I can't tell you how disappointed I was when I went back and I saw earlier versions of Monsters. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, exactly. his, yeah. His red and yellow costume. Yeah, with, with the hand, with the helmet in the Looking like a Logan's Run cast off. <laughs> Although I will say his sword and like his cape get up here is a little weird. Well, you know, all that fabric is obviously you know, indestructible because he wears a glove over that hand. <laughs> I don't know. I've always got the impression he controls it, but maybe not. I think when they did the reboot, it had to build up, right? Like, he had to, you have to release it 
eventually. Because mm. like, in, uh, in his first appearance, he could just touch a planet and destroy the entire planet. Yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. insane yep. in terms of because there's literally nothing he could not break out of if that was true. Yeah, he, he blew up his home planet by just touching it. Yeah. That's that's the reason why he got his rep. After so. he took off his glove. Yeah, after he took off his glove. Which is indestructible. Apparently. Intertron. The, the, yeah. the planet should have been made out of sterner stuff, clearly. Yes. So. Paper mache planet was not long for this universe. <laughs> it was not long at all. It was a colony of some sort, I guess. <laughs> it was the planet Ang 2, I believe. All right. So th- this is followed up by a whole bunch of like uh, character um, bios. Mm-hmm. Does anybody else want to take these? I actually got to get a drink. All right. <laughs> Do we need to? I don't know. We know who they are. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll just do the highlights here yeah. real quick. Um, we have the pictures of the – they're going alphabetical order. I'm assuming this continues on in the other issues yeah. as, as we keep moving on through the series. Um, we've got Alchemist, Janara of Trom. He's our element lad. Andromeda, Laurel Gand of – is that Reichel? Reichlef 2? Sorry. I need to uh, use the plus button on Comixology so I can read it. <laughs> and she's our, she's our Supergirl analog in this legion and pretty much you know for the time being operating as uh monel too um so there you go apparition is phantom girl nothing's changed about her we have a brainiac five he's pretty much one of the uh ones like saturn girl who didn't change much at all cat's paw who's april dumaka of earth so i will read that one because she's a new character to mm-hmm. this cast little is known about cat's paw prior to the time that she was kidnapped by the dominators as a guinea pig for their sadistic gene altering experiments freed from the dominators chambers in the close of the planetary war with the marauding aliens cat's paw emerged and linked up with the legionnaires cat's paw has developed into a playful uninhibited woman cat with enhanced agility night vision and hunting skills she is charmingly naive and self-accepting in a possibly bestial way and appears to be very sexually aggressive in her pursuit of several of the legionnaire males her control of her powers may be suspect however and if provoked she may cause serious injury to her foes or even her teammates wow um and chameleon who is our old pal reap of uh durla We know Computo, uh, Danielle Focar of Earth. Her first appearance was in the Legion Annual Number One way back when. Mm-hmm. Um, she is single-minded and self-reliant. Computo talks to, in quotes, and controls computers. The sister of current Legion of Superheroes co-leader and former president of Earth, Jacques Foucault, Danielle became acquainted with the Legion at a very early age, dying from an unknown illness. Uh, she was brought to Legion HQ to see if Brainiac 5 could affect a cure. Accidentally inhabited by the renegade Computo Matrix, which was invented by Brainy, the Computo-controlled Danielle became a major threat to the Legion until tranquilized by Jacques and Brainy. Although the Computo Matrix saved Danielle's life, she was inhabited by Computo and left in a coma-like state for many months before Brainy could affect a cure. Danielle emerged from the trauma completely cured, but the experience left her with the mysterious ability to communicate with computers a power that she is still striving to understand. Computo is currently the Legionnaire's deputy leader and is providing Chameleon with much needed support in his efforts to advise the team. And then we have um, Kaz, Kaz, Nick, boy, um, right next to her. (laughs) And Dragon Maid, Zhao Jin of Earth. There is, and we will get to to it a bit later, but there is... uh, some uh, different information in uh, Cause's file just at the end where it talks about okay. his deep affection for Saturn Girl, an attraction 
he seems reluctant to act upon in deference to his close friend Livewire. Yeah, well, they set that up, obviously, Drama. in this issue, right? Yeah. Yep, we've got to have some sexual tension. <laughs> um, so, Dragon Mage, Zhao Jin of Earth. As an apprentice sorcerer, Dragon Mage wields mystical abilities that manifest themselves in dragon-like holograms. Although inexperienced and occasionally rattled in combat, he shows the potential to become a high-level sorcerer. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. Um, the quiet, unassuming Dragon Mage will require extensive training, but the constant and consistent use of his power will undoubtedly reinforce the confidence that he now lacks. And that, those are the Legionnaires that we get in the back of this issue. So basically, as a as a magic user, he can do anything they want, but they've got to make him uh, as weak as possible because he's still learning. Mm -hmm. Yep. So he doesn't become their trick in the box. Exactly. I mean, like like Tyrock was uh, when his scream could do anything that was convenient to the plot. When <laughs> on those on those rare occasions where he did anything in the plot, and like White Witch. <laughs> Like, White Witch had to research her spells, so she, if they needed her to do something, she's like, oh, I'm not prepared to do that. Uh, well, well, so, well so not, that and that's, that's the idea, is you if know, you're going to have a... You have to limit a magical character like that absolutely, on a team. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so. So there you I go. Like the way this issue was called Baptism by Fire, and um, I, I wonder if it's a reference to um, Legion of Superhero 16, which was called Baptism, which was the issue where the new recruits um, had their first adventure. Um, Maybe they should have chosen Doctor Regulus as the uh, villain. They could have been yeah, they, they went up against him too. Not in that issue, but yeah. um, around yeah. that time. Yeah. I mean, so I know that. Sorry, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. <laughs> I was going to say that um, uh, I've kept you guys in suspense long enough. I said that I was going to reveal some fun facts about this issue related to the uh, the promo card. Mm -hmm. um, so there was a, a DC in early '93 released a trading card set called Cosmic Teams. And it featured a 21-card sub-team for the Legionnaires, plus FaZe and the L-E-G-I-O-N team. Uh, Chris Sprouse and Adam Hughes did the art for most of the Legionnaires in that card set. Uh, there was also a subset uh, called the New Blood, which was new characters and older ones that DC was trying to push, like Timberwolf and Valor, who had uh, great success in their new series. Um, but... Uh, uh, as we said, Legionnaires number one was polybagged with a promo card. Uh, it was the regular picture of Computo on the front with the number 0000 on the back. Mm. This was one of three promo cards for the uh, Cosmic Team series, and all three of those had Legionnaires on them. There was Dragon Mage, which was number 00, which you got polybagged with your copy of Wizard number 19. Ah, and Cat's Paw, which was number triple zero, which was from the uh, March April 1993 Comics Buyer's Guide Price Guide magazine. So there was a double zero, a triple zero, and a quadruple zero. Ooh. And then just to uh, see if you're paying attention, there was actually a fourth card with apparition. What do you think the code on the back of that card was? We've got a double, a triple, and a quadruple zero. Zero. Is it one? Uh, 
Actually, it's P1. <laughs> uh, P, P meaning promotional. Ah. Because that's what you get after, you know, P1 and then double zero, triple zero, quadruple zero. Mm. Uh, the, the apparition card was a uh, convention giveaway um, at the DC booths at various conventions that year. Hmm. Uh, one other thing is that um, at the time, DC didn't do variant covers for their number one issues the way they do today. Um, instead, they had retailer promotions. Uh, for this issue, for every 100 copies of issue one that a store bought, they received one Cloisonne pin. Uh, those are very hard to find. Those are the ones that um, uh, has a little pin sticking out, and you poke it through your shirt, yeah. and then you put the back on it like a, um, a metal post on it, as opposed to one that you just slide through sideways. And those um, those don't come up. Uh, very often on auction sites because I guess not as many retailers wanted to order a hundred copies of this. I, I can understand why. Yeah. And uh, this issue did come out, by the way, on February 9th, 1993. Mm. Hey, uh, quick question to those who might know. They stopped double shipping Legion of Superheroes before this, right? Correct. So now there's two titles. It's effectively being double shipped, or at least there's two Legion titles every month. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. It but was not, monthly, each one every month. Yeah. Right, but it's not like the reboot where they would go back and forth. Right. Right. Yeah. These were just two different books yeah. with the same subject. Yeah. The, the and that gets confusing as well for the numbering and keeping up with the storylines and everything well, is except that they, they did what they they did what the superman books did and you had yeah. triangles for everyone yeah you yeah. had the triangles but here you don't so it's kind no, of confusing no. but it so. did but, but it wasn't a back and forth thing in this like michael yep. said at the beginning Agreed. it's yeah but you can see how a new a new reader would get confused about the books they were reading i yeah. i know that's kind of lame but i could totally see someone going well, did I pick up Legion last time or Legionnaires or where am I? Yeah, I, I could just see I've that. I appreciation for this now, but I remember at the time, I think I got about five issues in and stopped reading Legionnaires. Um, it just didn't appeal the same way the adult Legion book did in terms yeah. of complexity. Well, it's a totally different tone for sure. And I just gave it, I gave it the first arc and then I stopped reading it. It's way more yeah, this is I way more optimistic than the five year later book for sure. <laughs> Even with the disintegration of the the informant, <laughs> I'm annoyed. Mega should have been a character who stayed around and lasted the test of time. Well, yeah, they kind of set her up like that. I, yeah. I think know, that was like, part yeah. of it. You know, like they, just, they, they had all the beats. You know, that I you was would expecting show. her to to hang around and show off her her superpowers at least for an issue or so. Her mega powers. Her yeah, mega powers. Yeah. They explode, you know. Don't That's you know communism is just a red herring, kids, and so is mega. <laughs> uh, so you ready for uh, for it's okay, I'm a senator. Yes. All right. So uh, as we covered at the top of the show, um, uh, a little background on the series um, from the start of Keith's run on the mother book, he was planning some sort of spin-off series. The first concept was going to be spotlight issues. Um, and that's where they got the, um, the ultra boy story 
and the timber uh, they plotted a Timberwolf story, um, but that got canceled um, for the second concept, which would have been uh, the story of the Glorithverse Legion, um, basically a retconned version of let's start over from the very beginning and tell new stories that contain Andromeda and Valor instead of Superboy and Supergirl. Uh, and then their third concept, they said in, in 91, DC had a big general meeting okay, which everyone was told that it was time to stop doing stories and projects that waited into continuities past to move forward and stop looking back. And that's kind of when they decided, well, let's just spin off um, the SW6 Legionnaires into their own series. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so Tom mentions the, the Steve Lytle series. He says, one unfortunate casualty was a spinoff of the spinoff that I believe Steve Lytle was working on. I don't remember a lot about it other than it would have taken about a half dozen of the Legionnaires and made them some kind of splinter group. <laughs> I think like a renegade group somewhere out in the galaxy. There probably could have been a way to launch such a similar concept in the current Legion time, but I think by this point, things had gotten very complicated and editor Michael Yuri needed to get the revamp spinoff established before worrying about what could have been done with a spinoff of the spinoff. Yeah, agreed. Um, our idea for either version of the Kid Legion uh, spinoff was to do a very accessible book with traditional storytelling and plot and characters or characterizations that we hoped would appeal to young adults, teens, and kids. As complicated as the mother book was, we wanted this one to be simple and straightforward. There would, of course, be a background that readers of Legionnaires would need. We decided to divide up the galaxy by giving the kids New Earth, and the adult Legion would have the rest of the galaxy with occasional overlap. So Legionnaires issues would have to be pretty cons- or would have to pretty consistently remind readers that Earth was gone and the kids were champions of the 94 surviving dome cities. Beyond that, we'd make references to the Great War that preceded the destruction of Earth, but otherwise be essentially just telling stories about a team of super teams from a thousand years in the future, the way the Legion of the Adventure Days had done. Uh, it was probably a little naive on our part to think that uh, to think that in that era, there were a lot of non-fan and casual fan readers that could be reached with a series like this, and I haven't seen much evidence that we ever did snag a lot of new readers, but I've anecdotally heard of at least a few readers who got hooked on Legion starting with this series or were brought back as active Legion readers, which is nice to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as this issue goes, in order to help us tell simple stories with a big group, we made the decision to flank the opening splash page each issue with headshots of the roll call members. Uh, for some reason, in this first issue, the roll call didn't include powers, but I think we mostly included them in future issues. Um, I've always liked the feel of these kind of title page mugshots, and the artists always seem to enjoy drawing them. I hope, in general, the readers found them useful and cool. One title page touch that I hadn't remembered was a little caption in the corner saying, For Carl, dedicating this number one to my recently deceased brother, Carl. He really loved the Legion, and I have the feeling he'd have especially appreciated the traditional approach of the series after having been left somewhat cold by the complexities of the mother book. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I don't remember whose idea it was. Somehow I'm thinking it was editor Michael Yuri's, where we decided to spend the first arc of the series assembling the latest incarnation of the Fatal Five. It appealed to me because it allowed us to tell five fairly straightforward standalone stories that could then culminate in a logical confrontation between the Legion and the Five. And shortly before the series launched, Michael Yuri opted out of his editor's position, and K.C. Carlson came aboard to edit the Legion books. Um, let's see, he said to open up issue one, uh, he wanted to showcase the three founding members, both for tradition's sake and because we're going to create what we hoped would be an interesting triangle involving the three. Uh, Saturn Girl and Livewire were an item, but Livewire was becoming more and more of a butthead, making him less and less tolerable to Saturn Girl. Uh, meanwhile, we quickly learn that Cosmic Boy se secretly has a crush on Saturn Girl, which was something suggested to us by the Tusca penciled Legion origin that I think Nelson Bridwell wrote, where he shows both Lightning Lad and Cosmic Boy being wowed by Saturn Girl when they first meet. Now, I went back and I looked at Superboy 147, and it was actually Pete Costanza, not George Tusca. Mm. Um, but uh, he says, over the years, I've never found the time to track down that particular issue with that thought balloon that ultimately had a lot of influence on future Legion characterization. Uh, but in Superboy 147, there's nothing whatsoever to indicate that Cosmic Boy or that Rock Crin is, is wowed by Saturn Girl. And we looked in uh, Superboy 172 and Secrets of the Legion, and we really couldn't find anything, yeah. we, we meaning us here on the podcast, that would say that, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what Tom was thinking of here because we couldn't find it. So if anybody out there knows what he's talking about, uh, please post it in the Facebook page. Um, let's see. So uh, at the end of the book, the Legionnaires are captured. Um and uh, rereading the story for the first time in years, I was pretty surprised at how much we crammed in the 22 pages of story. And I feel pretty comfortable with the background we established and the clarity with which the ideas of the series were presented. Regardless of how many people did or didn't take advantage of it, I do like feel like we offered a pretty good jumping on point. I love the Chris Sprouse art, which both creates a beautiful, believable, distinctive future world and gives us a team of very appealing individualistic heroes. Kudos to Carl's story for beautifully inking the intricate Sprouse pencils and to letterer Pat Brousseau for sharp work on our complicated script and colorist Tom McCraw for near flawless work on about the most complicated assignment in comics. <laughs> uh, he, he does have a, one last comment though. It says, since we switched Legionnaires to traditional newsprint, uh, it feels as if it took Tom a few issues to make the adjustment and tone the colors down a little, with this first issue seeming a bit on the darker, muddier side. It would be interesting to see the, the issue printed on higher quality paper where Tom's colors would always really pop. And It looks great digitally. And it's digital, and it has also been recently re-released as part of the omnibus. Mm. So I'm sure that's the higher quality paper that he was looking for. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. What? Which omnibus? The five years later omnibus? 
Doesn't it have it in there? I don't know. I don't have it. I don't think so. Uh, well, it ends before. Because it has Timberwolf. Oh, that's the... right. It goes, it goes yeah. up to uh. issue 40. It goes up to Giffen's last issue. Yeah. So it would be in. It would be covered in volume two whenever that comes out. Mm. <laughs> I'm laughing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're laughing at me, lad. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have this, uh, you know, or you're interested, but I have one of these uh, modern masters volume uh, with Chris Sprouse, like yes. uh, where I, when it does focus on uh, on his work here as well. Yeah, uh, again, uh, from Tomorrow's Press. So, yeah, those are those are fantastic. Yeah, t- Tomorrow's is a great company and full of all that the comic booky goodness that. <laughs> we we have a hard time finding nowadays and, and on those, uh, and those, internet. Those uh, modern uh, modern masters books are phenomenal. Mm. It's such a great walk through uh, any artist's style, and the and the Sprouse one in particular, I really enjoyed. Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, especially since uh, I mean, one of the things I love, and I think uh, you guys kind of talked about this a few episodes ago uh, last year, was the costumes. I think they're just a I think they're like the most perfect superhero costumes, and I, I'm not talking in you know all superheroes everywhere, but like as far as teams go, where it's uh you know the uniting the stripe, the L, you know the well pouches mm-hmm. I guess are pretty ubiquitous at this time, <laughs> but uh you know it's just like you can tell instantly they're on a team no matter what the absolutely yeah, yeah yeah I mean it, it there is it, it's he did such a a, a great job of unifying them. But also making them distinctive, mm-hmm. and, and that's uh, hard. That's it, it, it really is, and I mean, it's you know, it's and and what's what it, what is also amazing about it is that he did it, um, and still kept the flavor of of original costumes, and and you know he he had he, you could still tell who it was even though mm-hmm. they were in a in in a largely redesigned costume. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's you know his design works just fantastic. Yep, yep, it works. And this really did feel like a new issue to me. Like a, this is a beginning of a new series, and I, I kind of want to say this is the beginning of the reboot, but it's not. No, exactly. Because we're we're not there yet. It's just these are the characters that are going to cross over into zero hour. And, in a sense, and it's funny because for a, for a long time I used to kind of get mixed up with the uh, oh yeah, and then that happened. No, that wasn't the no. reboot. That was Mm-mm. before. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. Such a great this book. is technically original run Legion. Yeah, right here, still. So it's like a soft I, reboot or like a preview reboot. Yes, yes. Pre-boot. Well, it's definitely a first attempt at streamlining the Legion. It's a soft boot. It, it, yeah, but they've got 18 issues of this, and then we hit zero hour. Yeah. So, yeah, it's only 18. It felt like longer, honestly, to me. When I, when I was looking at them today, I was like, wow, they only did 18 issues? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah. Before they hit zero hour? Okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah, and we, so. we, will, we will get to zero hour in summer of 22. If we're lucky. Yeah. Only a year. If we only... make it that far. <laughs> Only a year and a half to go. There you go. There you go. Um, all right. I'm going to uh, dig into some. Wait, am I? Are you? Feedback? What are you going to do? Yes. Do we have feedback? Yes, I. Feedback. All right. Uh, from Dan. Um, 
Episode 629, Legion of Superheroes, Volume 8, Issue 10, First Kiss. Um, he said, I just needed to let you know. The line, he can't be two leaders at once, murdered me. Well done, Jim. <laughs> it, it's funny looking, trying to think of the context, you know. Uh, he can't be. I don't, I don't even remember us saying that. What was that about? It, you, that were was, talk, uh... you were talking about Ultra Boy and you were saying. Oh, he, yeah. He can't be oh, two yeah. leaders at once because, of course, he can only be one. He can't. Yes. He just can't. Yes. <laughs> only be one leader at a time. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So there we go. So that is all I got for feedback this week. Oh, wow. Y'all need to send us more feedback. Yeah, yeah. And give us more five-star reviews. Yes. Always. Love the five stars. And if you don't don't want to give us five-star reviews, then tell us why. No, I don't want to to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. So um, with that... uh, with with the idea of of looking through old reviews, you know that's all the the history of our reviews. Um, what about the history, or this week in Legion history? See, I'm all mixed up. I'm getting you my words are. backwards. You're all verklempt. I, I'm all I'm all I'm all like you know in tenant. Like I'm moving backwards. Um, <laughs> Jesus. He he's pre reboot. Spoilers. Yes. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, so 50 years ago, January 1971, Adventure Comics number 403. It reprints Adventure 304, which is Death of Lightning Lad, uh, 305, which was Monel Joins, 308, When Lightning Last Joins, 312, The Return of Lightning Lad, plus God Awful Fashions from Fans, and a layout of the Legion Clubhouse. It wasn't called God Awful Fashions from Hands, but Fans, but they really were. That was the uh, orange outfit that Shadow Last War and the yeah, the Karate Kid with the hand on it because that was just too on the nose, right? Uh, of, no, no, it was on his chest. On his chest. Yeah, Sorry. Exactly. What did I say? Hand on his nose? Oh, I have had too much to drink. In this episode, <laughs> and we and we and we haven't even had any Cthulhu's. And well, take a drink. Hey, there you go. Uh, meanwhile, 35 years ago, 1986, uh, Legion of Superheroes, Volume 3, Number 21. While a squad of Legionnaires tries to recapture an arc full of escaped Tacron Galtos convicts, Brainiac 5 tries to learn clues to Sensor Girl's true identity. Ooh. In the backup story, Wildfire tests Quizlet to find out what the nature of his powers is. 30 years ago, 1991, Legion Volume 4, Number 16, which was Part 2 of the Kund War. 25 years ago, 1996, Volume 4, Number 78, to fight an approaching Sun Eater, the Legion learns of a group of meta-beings the United Planets had engineered for such a contingency. The Legionnaires must now assemble this difficult group, the Fatal Five. Uh, it's kind of interesting how we're just starting out the totally the state of five. <laughs> yeah, that's that's intriguing. Twenty five years ago, and then ten years ago in two thousand eleven, it was uh, Superman: The Last Stand of New Krypton, Volume Two, and that is what has happened and will have been going to have happened <laughs> in Legion history. 
Well, there we go. Uh, first off, Brent and Justin, thank you so much for uh, for joining us today. It was a it was a pleasure to have you here. As we, um, you know, we as we hit the dawn of a new uh, Legion era. Not to be too hyper. Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for, <laughs> for joining us, and and please do come back. Um, now, um, so yeah, I guess I guess that's a wrap. So, uh, comments, as always, can be sent to us at legionofsubstitutepodcasters at gmail.com. And, as I mentioned, if you have some, uh, some tributes to uh, Steve Lytle, please uh, record them and send them to that very address. Again, it's legionofsubstitutepodcasters at gmail.com. Um, uh, we, uh, we are also on the Twitter. We are LOSP Podcast. You can join in the conversation on our Facebook page, which can be found at facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. And in addition to all those things, you can head over to our website, legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com, where you can leave a comment on this or any episode. And with that, we make our way back into the time bubble, but it's really cool. There's a nice little stripe going down through the pink fuzz, and, uh, and so it looks very, very nice. And uh, we will see you all next week. I want to see some Mano Cat's Paw fanfic. <laughs>